Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Wrestling fans, tonight we present to you the Heartgrave line number 25. I am Magic Mike from Pro Wrestling, now with Mike Ferrara. But tonight I'm with the man, with the master plan. He's got it all. He is the legendary Smith Hart. Smith, welcome to your show, buddy. Thanks for the kind words, Mike. I always, I always gotta come up with a different, uh, a, di- a different introduction for you. Uh, before we get into our guests, because we have a couple tonight, but I managed to round up a guy that you went to go see last Saturday night. Real, real Canadian, real Canadian wrestling. Out in uh, what Alberta, Canada, correct? Yeah, they're headquartered in Edmonton. They wrestle all across Western Canada. Cool. All right. So uh, before we do that, uh, or maybe we could do it after. You know, maybe we'll do uh, we'll do the how you feeling after. So uh, right now, without further ado, let's not keep him waiting. I believe he holds two belts now. I believe he is the uh, premier, if I'm mistaken, whatever. But I I believe he is the champion for premier, uh, premier championship wrestling. And I also, well, you told me he won the belt uh, for real Canadian wrestling. So right now, let's right. bring him on the air, Mr. Scott Justice. Scott, am I go. correct? By the way. Yes, you are correct. I held won the RCW Canadian Championship last month, and then this past Saturday night, I won the Premier Championship Wrestling title from Jackie Lee. Yeah, best match on the card. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Glad glad to see you win. Uh, I thought you deserved to win. Thank you. Okay, so uh, so so um, but the event that but the event um that that uh that was held was what what event was that? Uh, the event oh, was the Ogden uh, Legion uh, last show of the year, I think, for the uh, number one Legion here. And my son Matthew was supposed to be uh, on that card, but 
his little four foot eleven girlfriend ganged him or something and raped his cat or stole his uh, stereo and threw rotten eggs in his window and uh, standing oh, on a ladder, I guess, and sprayed I got you. on his wall. You know, so he. That, that was that was your your son, right? You were saying, uh, Scott, what a what? Because I'm I so so that was what event was that? That was the RCW Rise of the Prodigal. All right, so and then and so so that belt got defended. Oh, so the so the Premier Championship belt got got defended, um, on that card. Yes, it did. Uh, Premier Championship Wrestling has been running in Winnipeg for about fifteen years now. That's cool. So now, uh, so so now you are the, the uh, so now you hold the both belts. That's a that's a very nice accomplishment for you. Uh, and Smith said that that was the best match of the card. Smith, uh, you got any any anything you want to say about the card? You can go ahead and do that. Uh, no, it was a good all round card, and the guys all work hard. And uh, Squiggy uh, is a hard working promoter. Does his best to take care of the boys, and he's a friend of ours, you know. And we've, uh, I think, yeah, Ross and Bruce trained him initially way back when. He's a local product. We... So Scott, like Smith and I were saying earlier, we really don't know much. Well, I really don't know much about you. Um, where did you train? Uh, I came. I moved to Canada in May of 2009, and I came through the Storm Wrestling Academy. Lance Storm here. Yeah, that's good credentials. Oh yeah, it was uh, one of the best Lance experiences Storm. of my life. I yeah, Lance recommended. is a good guy, and uh, one of our one of our you know graduate dungeon graduates who went on to uh, WWE honors, and uh, we love Lance. He's a good guy, and I wish him the mm-hmm. best. Yeah, if I could be serious for a minute. <laughs> There's a whole lot of that going on. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, uh, he. I tell you though, he. Uh, I seen Lance Storm wrestle for ECW. I seen Lance Storm wrestle for WWE. And I remember one time I was at a Madison Square Garden show in New York City, and it was a Monday Night Raw, and Stone Cold Steve Austin came out, and he started chanting "boring, boring, boring," and. You know, unless you're a real wrestling guy and you know the wrestling, you knew that Lance Storm was over because Lance Storm he didn't need to he didn't need to smile and he didn't need to have charisma. His wrestling spoke enough for him, you know. I agree very much with that. I think he did. Have so you said you came. I was gonna say. So you said you moved to Canada in 2009. Where did you move from? Uh, I was born and raised in a little place outside uh, Byron Bay on the east coast of Australia. Uh, I was born and raised in Ballina. Oh, Australia! Wow. Yes, sir. Wow, that's a long way. <laughs> that's why you have the. Australia. That's why you have an Australian Canadian accent. That would be it. Over seven years, my Australianness has kind of diminished a little bit, but I still have the. Yeah, there's always been a good Australian presence uh, in pro wrestling, uh, especially in North and well, all, all over the world, Europe and Asia as well. Uh, there's always been, you know, first Australians we brought in may have been the royal, the uh, 
the fabulous kangaroos, Roy Heffern and Al Costello, but there's also a guy named George Penshoff who brought in back in those days. Also, uh, John De Silva, the Maori wrestler. And then Ken, Kenneth was a New Zealander as well. And Luce, or, uh, Pat O'Connor was a Australian, I think, or New Zealander. There's been not just a lot of wrestlers, but good wrestlers, good tag wrestlers, good world champions that have come out of Australia or New Zealand. So that's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot coming out of there right now as well with everything that's in NXT and what was down yeah, there. Yeah, Jason Alton is down there trying to, you know, survive a promotion that he's running. And he's got good credentials. Uh, his dad was a good amateur wrestler on a he played in the Grey Cup, uh, I don't know what year it was, but John Helton was a, a all-star uh, Calgary uh, San Peter guard or uh, lineman, and uh, he was a big guy, pretty damn nice guy and a good wrestler, tough guy, period. And, you know, it's uh, glad to hear and see that. Even old uh, Steve Rickard and some guy that Jerry Lawler married wrestled about 500 matches in a row. Uh, he was Australian and he wasn't very big, but he had lots of moves and stuff. So I, I'm always, uh, whenever somebody's uh, from Australia, I, I uh, expect, uh, you know, a decent guy. They're always good. They're good, honest people. You know, they don't seem to have any bad fiber in them, even though they're all based on supposed British criminals. But anyway. Yeah, considering, <laughs> for a, considering we're technically a bunch of convicts, we try to be nice people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so moving moving on from that, I was uh, I'll move on from that segue, and while I'll segue into this, since since you were telling us you were born, well, you you were born right in Australia, correct? Yes, uh, Oh, okay, good. Um, wrestling wise, when you, you you know what wrestling did you get over there when you were a little? Uh, we used to get. I didn't have. Uh, pay television, so we used to get WWF superstars at about 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and then once we, once I got pay TV, we had, uh, we had, we had Nitro, we had Raw and SmackDown, and yeah, we got the pay-per-views as well. Years before that, in the, uh, say, uh, mid-60s, uh, Jim Barnett, and uh, even earlier than that, maybe closer to the earlier 60s, Jim Barnett and Ted Turner of, uh, of Turner Broadcasting, they went down there again. They were partners in uh, Hollywood at one time, promoted there in, in Indianapolis. And they they hmm. pioneered wrestling in Australia and made a lot of uh, money and a lot of wrestling stars down there. They brought big-time wrestling down there. And that's where all our guys would go when they, you know, when they finished with us, uh, a lot of them, Waldo Von Eric and uh, Sweet Daddy Siki and so, uh, Abdul the Butcher, uh, they all went down to Australia, and you could never get them back after that. They loved it down there. They didn't work a lot. Of, I don't think they worked every day, but they got paid well, and they could lie on the beaches and enjoy themselves. And uh, It's a whole different, unique experience being in a place like Australia and surrounding islands where they they, uh, they opened up the territory uh, way back then with sort of big time professional wrestling. There was guys in there promoting smaller time stuff, but they brought in the big American guys that were featured in all the magazines and stuff. They'd catch them, uh, you know, they'd go to Japan maybe on the way and 
pick up eight weeks of good money and then they'd go to Australia and settle in for the long haul where they'd make pretty damn good money, uh, but they couldn't leave because of the expensive airfare. They'd go home for Christmas once a year or something. But, you know, wrestlers do get stale after a while, you know, and they have to keep them turning over. But, you know, some of those villains, they kept them there for years. Abdullah would take a break and he'd make sure he got away long enough to enjoy himself and hit Calgary. He had a lot of friends in Calgary. I always apologized to my dad about couldn't uh, turn down the money they're paying him. My dad said, "Go for it. You know, you deserve it." And you know, and in Japan, always paid Abdullah ridiculously high money too. So, you know, he was getting as much as ten thousand a week U.S., which I don't think even today they didn't even get. I don't, you know, not lately. But anyway, yeah, that was all. It's, it's Australia's a hell of a good wrestling territory, and I've never been there. A couple of my brothers, I think uh, Bruce and Keith both went there, or Brent went there, at least uh, somebody probably went there for the WWE, and they went prior to that, I think, and didn't really like it, and came and left right away. He was a bit spoiled by then, right, but, and Keith stayed like there Australia. for a little while. I don't know how you couldn't like it, maybe he sat on a spider or something, or a snake, but otherwise, I don't know how you can not like Australia. That is, that is quite the possibility. Or jellyfish, maybe he crotched a jellyfish or something uh, the wrong way, or you know. There's <laughs> about a thousand different yeah. things that could. I always admired Steve Irwin, Irwin too. I always thought he was a good guy, and I saw him uh, supposedly training uh, U.S. Uh, Marines in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, for they were going to Desert Storm or somewhere, and they wanted to some. Uh, warnings about what to do if they stepped on a snake or a scorpion with those big high boots of theirs. So Steve Irwin, he was like foot taller than all of them. He's, he's, most of those Marines are pretty good sized guys for the most part. But I was amazed Steve Irwin was not a, a slack little man. He was a pretty big stocky bastard and it's too bad he did die, you know, doing what he loved. But I always I thought he was a pretty good, decent bloke. Incidental to that, you know, he could have even been a, you know, guy like him could have been a WWE star or, or you know, a star even, or, or a guest, and even gone from guest to actually probably could have picked up enough wrestling and been into it enough to have uh, even had a match or two or something, you know, and not just a guest appearance where he slaps somebody or he comes in wearing a dress or something gay, but he, he could actually probably have a good match and worked with somebody and brought it back uh, for the next pay-per-view or something, but I don't think uh, Vince's... Uh, Dribblers think that way, and uh, it's too late now anyway. But uh, just uh, my mind is, I, I'm always promoting in my mind, you know. I'll see a guy and say, This would be a good name for him, or this would be a better name, or uh, this gimmick would really suit that guy, or those two guys, or even those three guys. They could be the feral, uh, inbred mongrels of some evil manager that's really doing nothing, you know. I see that in every promotion. I could just put it together like. Uh, like a magician shuffling cards. It's my, I was born and raised in it, and I've spent 68 years, pretty much, uh, I just turned 68 yesterday, in fact, uh, just, uh, you know, in, in the wrestling business, uh, you know, I was old enough to draw and drawing wrestlers and making wrestling belts and having matches in the dungeon and with school kids and stuff and gimmicks and, re, re, you know, kinky finishes and stuff, you know. There's no fans involved or anything. Maybe some brother sitting on the sidelines or something. But let these these kids would uh, win the match. We beat the shit out of them at the end. We'd let them win. 
I have to answer a beat that you guys maybe told the board for a minute, please. Yeah, I, I think I can. Uh, I think I could do. I think I could do that. <laughs> Kinky finishes. I, I, I love Smith. Smith has a great vocabulary. Um, and <laughs> any anyway, uh, anyway, you know, you know, uh, before when when Smith is in, he's answering a beep or something. Uh, I just want to remind everybody that you're listening to the Heart Grapevine here on Totally Driven Radio Network. This is the network that we're bringing shows like this show, and then of course my show, which is Pro Wrestling Now with uh, Magic Mike Ferraro, where I get all the indie super st- the wrestlers. I have a lot of indie friends. Uh, you know, I was in the business, so I know the guys. I get a lot of indie. Uh, wrestlers that come on my show as well. Hey, maybe you could be a guest on my show one day, too. Absolutely. They say that, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh. Oh, I was saying maybe uh, Scott could come on my show and, uh, and uh, you know, be a guest, too. But anyway, we're talking to, well, I was going to say, we're talking to, with uh, with Smith Hart, and this is the grapevine, and we're, this is number 25. Now, before we go to Scott Smith, was yesterday your birthday? Yesterday was my birthday, yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, oh, thanks, buddy. So now I, now, I know I, now I know I share. So you're a Scorpio. Oh, no, you're not. You're not a Scorpio. That's right. I was going to say, but anyway, I, I share. Not only do I share the month birthday with the late great Macho Man and Elizabeth, but now I share it with you, my friend. Uh, I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Oh, was your birthday yesterday as well? No, my birthday uh, month. My birthday was November 19th. Gotcha, gotcha. I was actually born on Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth's birthday. Oh, right on. Yep. And, of course, you know, Macho Man's was the 15th. But anyway, uh, hey, Scott, when's your birthday? August 4th. Uh, happy birthday. Happy belated well, birthday. Thanks very much. Leo. I certainly am. Oh, good. I'm one of my brothers, Keith, is a Leo, and my wife, my late wife, was Leo. Oh, one of my nice four people. late wives. Yeah. Yeah. What, can you, what more could you ask for? Leo from Australia. Right. And also, a two t- and also, we got a two-time... Oh, good. Uh, so you're making Sorry, your that? home now in Canada, Scott? Uh, ideally, that's my plan. I've been here for seven years now. If I'm able to stay, I'd love to. Oh, that's good. If you ever needed any, uh, you know, references or uh, anything like that, I might be able to help you. I'd be happy to try. That'd be great. I appreciate that. Yeah, my dad knew a lot of guys on immigration. I hope that someone might still be around or second generation or something, but... Uh, I can tell you a lot of stories about those guys that, that, that helped me in the past on the spur of the moment. Rudy huh. Weens was a lifesaver. Anyway, that's beside the point. He's probably not even alive. <laughs> he, uh, he was a really nice guy. He went out of his way to help me one time. I never forgot. So how long have you been, how long have you been wrestling, Scott? Uh, seven years now. And uh, some and and uh, I, I've uh, when when Smith told me about you, and he says, Mike, you got to look this kid up. The first thing I did was I, I Googled you in the Google machine, and then I, I, I found a match 
when I pumped in your, put in your name, and I found a match against you, and I lost it against you and Kenny Omega, the cleaner. Yes, sir. That was uh, that match took place last May. Yep. When he was the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champ. Yep, and and I'm a big fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I love the cleaner. I love Kenny Omega. I I think Kenny is a great talent. Um, and he also, of course, he wrestles for ROH, which was, was Ring of Honor. And the guy, the, the guy, uh, the guy's a heck of a talent. And uh, he's a guy that I would love to see, um, you know, walk through the WWE doors as well. Well, he was there at one stage, but then he just he he quit. He wasn't yeah. having fun, and then he went and went and went and did this. Yeah, you got to go with your heart, even though uh, you know it's. You know, you think you may never get a crack at the big time again. Uh, kind of got to go with your gut feeling. That's my advice. Harry uh, oh, mm-hmm. wasn't happy there. He knew they weren't, they weren't using him right at all and probably couldn't and wouldn't use him right. So uh, he just kept taking the, uh, I guess you could call it abuse or the uh, shabby uh, treatment, insulting treatment of himself. He, uh, you know, as long as he's getting his, paycheck his promise he sort of didn't care if he was a doormat for uh, JLB or JBL or whatever they split the team up and stuff he didn't care he, he cared but he and once he got on with Japan he said I had way more freedom and I'm actually making more money and enjoying myself you know he's despite the uh, pollution over there and all that he the long flights he, he's happy to be there he feels like he's with with brothers you know real real not just uh, associates that are jealous, uh, buying for you know, trying to undermine him and stuff, pretending to be friends. These guys are all—they help you. I, I wrestled in Japan for six months, uh, trained there, and wrestled there both. Uh, the Japanese are really good that way. I mean, they're solid and hard and rough and demanding and stiff, uh, but they're not. That's—they're—they know the limits. You know, they stiff up to a point. You know, they don't—they don't overdo it. But they certainly better be more solid than not solid enough. And that's how I always was. And I could wrestle anywhere I called up. They used me because uh, they do, and I didn't care when lose or draw. It doesn't matter if I'm not staying there. If I'm not a local, you know, resident or hero in your town, then I'm likely to be a heel. And all bets are off. You know, and win, lose or draw it doesn't matter as long as it's what you make, well, how much money you take home. That really matters. And if a good promoter uh, respects you and, and you respect the business and all his setup, uh, he'll want to do the best he can with you and you know use you as best he can, you know use you to, you know not to the point where you're like a worn out doormat, but use you well and then leave you uh, give you some spark so that you can uh, come back. You know they beat the hell out of you for week after week, but when you're leaving, but. Uh, at the end, give you a smash over someone that's maybe uh, going to retire or just drifting, passing through, and or some mystery guy or whatever. But you get a good little smash after you're leaving, so you're not just sort of a uh, re- repeat loser uh, that may not have much uh, fanfare when he comes back. They leave you on a high crest, and uh, that's all. Wrestling really should be is cooperation. To me, the WWE fails in so many ways. Uh, you can't get to the 
right people to talk to. You have you, you get shuffled along the way by the the paid flappers who just misdirect you and steer you somewhere else. Like the Michael Hayes will take you under their wing and you spill your guts and they go to the office to get rid of this asshole kind of scenario. You know, I'm not saying that's how it is, but uh, pretty close. Anyway, yeah, and uh, the yeah, referee psychology you know, definitely can. Yeah, that's uh, you got to kind of that's the inside wrestling psychology. There's all also the mob crowd psychology, which is probably the more important aspect of wrestling. Uh, it's it's very political, and uh, you got to be politically correct, which basically means kind of neutral. You're not you're not on anybody's side. Somebody comes up and. He's really pissed off, and he's trying to get guys stirred up against someone that he's pissed off at. Best to just sort of not make any, just let it float off your back and keep your comments to yourself because somebody's going to say, hey, buddy, so-and-so just said you're a fucking asshole. Now, if you're a hothead, you may grab this young punk and slap him around when he didn't even really say that. He kind of half-heartedly agreed with his buddy that you could have done something better. Now, no, it's just whatever. I Like my dad always said, uh, be very humble and... Uh, you know, don't don't uh, you know, volunteer too much at first, you know, like because uh, you, you get set up for stuff. You know, there's a lot of intrigue in wrestling, and unfortunately, there's a lot of homosexuality, as you both know, and uh, just dirty, dirty backstabbing and stuff. And um, you know, you gotta sort of just ride that out. I know my sister Natalie, my daughter. I mean, sorry, my I wish she was my daughter. My uh, beautiful. Uh, niece, Natalia Neidhart, she's had shit thrown at her and they make a big deal about maybe some, uh, some, some flatulence in the ring or something, if there even was. I don't. I never saw the particular match, but Pin said, that's going to raise your ratings, and Natalie, that's the best thing that ever happened. You were going to exploit that. Well, they never came out with any little dolls that would fart or any uh, gimmicks to that extent. They just sort of made an asshole out of her, no pun intended. And she rode the wave. She doesn't care. She's smart enough to know that uh, there's lots of people kind of vying for her job and ready to stab her in the back, not even on the roster, but in the office and stuff, maybe because somebody else has got a connection to them and stuff. So it's it's a dirty fucking business like most, like almost everything. This is, I've been on lots of pathetic jobs. I'm just working for the summer. I don't give a goddamn about... Uh, whether I keep the job or not, it's just some cash to, you know, so I got money for tuition or books. And uh, the guy would be up snipping around, you know, so so what are you, uh, how long have you been working? It's like, hey, fuck off, asshole. You, you know, you just got in from Newfoundland and this is going to be your job for the rest of your life, but I'm not one of, one of you. I'm, I'm just working this and I could care less if I got fired today. There's always another job, minimum wage, bullshit, scab, labor, construction job or whatever, it's more, you know, I, I used to get the ones that run to the table, cash, you know, declarations that I could, but boy, somebody is afraid you're going to outdo him or, you know, he rat on you for breaking something or try to get you to use a machine that he just broke and then you're blamed for it as well as him and stuff. It's, it happens all the time and I don't want to harp on it because it's, it's, I already have kind of gone the parallel to wrestling and stuff and I'd rather mm-hmm. Scott kind of... I gotta cut you off because I was gonna say the reason why, you know, you know, um, Scott's a wrestler is because of the passion. You know, I'm sure, and 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 me being in it too, you know, independent. You know, I overlooked the dirty politics and that stuff. I mean, I've had guys tell me 
hey, you know, you're booked on the show tonight. I get there, and then they're like, oh, well, you're not booked. And I'm like, okay. And then the next thing I know, my, and then, but then the next thing I know, someone was playing a rib on me, and I was booked. You know, so it was back and, it was back and forth. Something like that. But, right, but Scott, I could, I could probably, I I, I was going to say, Scott, I'm hearing. I wanted to ask Scott what he does, uh, He's doing anything else to subsidize his wrestling here, and also what the, he did prior to wrestling in uh, Australia. Like, uh, was he in related sports or weightlifting, bodybuilding, that type of thing? How about your wrestling? Uh, I didn't have any previous wrestling training in Australia. I played re- rugby union when I was in high school. Oh, that's good. And sport, then, what oh, was that? Sorry, it's a rough sport. Oh yes, it is. Rough. Yeah, tough guys. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my uh, my day-to-day job is I am a equipment operator and lead hand for a construction company. Oh, good for you. Yeah, you gotta you gotta support yourself while you're here because uh, independent wrestling isn't quite enough to do it really. Obviously, sadly, unfortunately, no. It really hits too bad. But, uh, yeah, people think you make people think you make big bucks doing it. I mean, I, I I know that 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 you don't make that much money. Sometimes you get maybe if if the house draws, you get maybe twenty uh, ten dollars, maybe even five dollars. And don't forget, you got to break down the ring, put the ring away. You do all that, and and you have to pay. Yeah, well, yeah, and I you get paid. Yeah, I shouldn't put back where they expect each wrestler to sell. Here's your wages, half of your tickets that you sell. You get to keep. There's 20 tickets. They're 20 bucks a piece. You sell. Uh, yeah, I so many I sold I sold about 30 tickets one year one year, and I got and I got ten dollars in an envelope. Yeah. You know, you rely That's on pretty merchandise, you know, and hoping that fans will help you. Uh, you know, they like you and they like your uh, your your looks and you know. Mm-hmm. You got decent pictures that you'll have autograph and they'll support you that way and stuff. But it's it's a love. You have to have the passion for it because uh, uh, it isn't really uh, an income or livelihood to speak of. Uh, you know, not not anymore. Who were your favorite wrestlers growing up? Uh, when I was growing up, uh, Sting was my the one, my absolute favorite when I was growing up, and as I got older and appreciated wrestling more and uh, was more started to understand it more uh michael's angle Benoit, the all those sort of guys i love those guys yeah i like some of those guys too Benoit was one of my favorite wrestlers just uh, despite what happened like i still him. see him as one of the greatest greatest wrestlers of all time yeah yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's that's yeah, I I understand. I mean, what you know, what happened before, you know, all the accomplishments before, then what happened? I it's it's sad that wrestling did that to him and stuff. Um, you know, circumstances was was terrible. Um, but when you were saying Sting, like like he was your favorite wrestler growing up, like not like what Crow Sting wise? Crow Sting, yeah, but I. I got into wrestling around ninety eight ish, okay. just when it was Wolfpack, and just the yeah, I was gonna say that was Wolfpack thing. That was Wolfpack thing, and then when he went back yeah. to the Crow in the in the 
1999. I, it's, I just, something about the face paint and the darkness of his character just, I was, loved it. Yeah, that's that's cool. And uh, now he's a Hall of Famer. Who would have dunk it, you know? And uh, I got the chance to meet Sting. Very nice guy. I met him in September. And uh, very nice guy. And, you know, uh, the fans eat it up. They love the face paint and they love the crow. And it was ch- time for a change. And that was the Monday Night War. How did you feel about the Monday Night Wars? Uh, because I didn't have access to pay TV, I didn't get really too experience it too much but I was I was very much a WCW guy I'll admit that yeah that that's uh that's something I mean they had some good talent in WCW and they also had um you know they also had Ted Turner that was uh that was uh you know paying and also Bischoff was a part of that whole deal and Russo was a part of that whole deal um so Hey, by the way, going back to Kenny Omega, so how was your experience wrestling, Kenny? Uh, it's great. I had uh, previously worked with Kenny twice when I was in uh, earlier in PCW. Uh, the promoter, Andrew Shalkos, he put me with Omega twice previously, and those two <clears throat> matches were good, but the one I did with him in Edmonton, that was one of my best matches I've ever had. Yeah, for those of you guys who are listening, you gotta for those of you guys who are listening tonight, you gotta tune into that. You gotta watch that match. That match was uh great. Just uh just punch in Kenny Omega versus Scott Justice and it'll automatically come up from May twelfth, two thousand and fifteen. Omega's always been a very big influence of mine. If if you see any of my recent stuff, you can definitely pick where I've been influenced by him. Uh but yeah, he's Great guy, he's a very humble person backstage, and yeah, he's absolutely one of the best matches I've had. I've very much loved it. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He's over with the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club is really over, even though they're supposed to be a heel group. They are over. The fans love them, even in Japan. It's like when I watch the matches, I'm like, wow, I, I can't get over it, you know? Oh, absolutely. When, especially when you're doing matches like you did in the G1 Climax. That, it's hard not to start cheering him with these matches. Naito is one of the best matches I've ever seen. I agree. I definitely agree. Smith, you want to add some more stuff to this? Smith? Um. Where do you have, where have you traveled in since in North America, Scott? Uh, I've done I've done some shows in the U.S. I've been home for a couple of tours in Australia, but primarily I've been based out of Canada. Yeah, it's a nice country, uh, especially in the summer. It is. I I was I after I trained at Storm. A lot like Australia. Outside of it, you know, we don't have quite a desert here unless you count the Oyen and Medicine Hat, but. Basically, it's a huge, sprawling country like Australia. Oh, all about back in mountains. That definitely is. And very far. Although, I li- Victoria and the West Coast in Canada. I lived in Winnipeg. For well, years. I was, I was, 
Yeah, Winnipeg oh, was the uh, the um, sphincter of uh, of Canada. I'd say Newfoundland and Winnipeg. <laughs> it's a toss up between Winnipeg and Regina. Dual, dual sphincters. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of good people that came out of Winnipeg. Oh, Zach absolutely. Zach Murphy is one of my. I like him. I think he's got good potential. He's a big guy, and he'll he'll get his break one of these days. Um, and uh, you know, somebody will, will use him and do him do him right. Yeah, I know that. I've known Zach for a lot of years. Yeah. I think he's a good professional. Oh, man, I'm so stiff. I had to get up and get a drink and take my painkillers, and I'm in agony. Damn. Uh, that's terrible, man. You, you got to, as, as as everybody knows, and uh, you probably know too, Scott, um, Smith is suffering from, like, two types of cancer. And I always tell Smith to fight this, you know, because uh, Smith's a great guy, you know. Oh, absolutely! I that's I didn't realize you were fighting two types of cancer. Yeah, I'm not I'm used to that. Scott and Mike. I'm not the least bit. I always took my health for granted. It was always we all all of us kids had great health. We never had a, you know, hardly a pimple or a cold or anything. You wouldn't find a band aid in our house. There's certainly no painkillers, no booze, no drugs, no spot. <laughs> Drop some dirt and keep going. Pop and white sugar and stuff were kind of banned from the household. But oh, so I, I'm not used to being unhealthy or uh, sick or in pain at all, and I, it's it's horrible. I'm, you know, I told the doctor at a, it's on a scale of eight out of ten. It said or to zero out of zero to ten, ten being the worst pain. I said it's at eight right now, and I'm uh, I have a hell of a tolerance to pain. You're giving me Tylenol threes, which are practically over the counter, kind of barely, you know, yep. glorified uh, aspirin. Mm-hmm. Now I'm on some kind of morphine, one milligram morphines, which are I had taken some five milligram morphines. They didn't really do anything. They constipate the hell out of you. That's what they do. So uh, <laughs> they gave me a ton of laxatives and uh, heavy oh. duty ones, kind of. Uh, and so these these painkillers are supposed to be four times stronger than the lousy Tylenol uh, mm. threes that I was on. But uh, I took some as per the instructions right away and the, the laxative shit, and I, it didn't do anything. I went back down to see the doctor. I said the blood test I did last Friday. The, nurse, the girl that you had seen me today uh, said it might be in this afternoon, and he says no, it's, it's it didn't come in, and it's going to mm. another doctor anyway. But I said, well, something's not right here. I said, if you, you, can, you can call this number right now and go to the hospital or you can wait 24 hours. I said, I ain't going to wait 24 hours because in hospitals you just sit around like you, it might be six hours before they even see you. And then once you're in, another six hours on a cold gurney buried in some corridor for about every 20, about every hour somebody walks by you. Hey, hello, how you doing? You don't have to yell. You know, I'm saying, fuck off, you fucking bitch. I didn't yell. I just, I'm desperate. I'm in pain. I'm, I'm uh, freezing cold here. Naked. Yeah, what uh, did you forget about? Right, what did you yeah. forget about me? I'm sitting here in the corner, right. I'm sitting here with a catheter in me that's infected that you won't take out. And I got a fever and I got this and I got that. And I called an ambulance like six, eight hours ago and, you know, so finally, after being there 12 hours, they send you home with no nothing, nothing, no instructions or anything. But you do get a call about a week later from another hospital saying, well, we think you have cancer. Get in here right away. And 
they give you an examination and they tell you right to your face, yeah, you got cancer, buddy. I said, well, that's nice. I had all these finger wags all the way from Ontario to Victoria. Nobody told me anything to say, well, you got an enlarged prostate and take these piss pills and you got a you know, swollen prostate, nothing to worry about. You know, take more Flomax. I said, meanwhile, I've had cancer all the time. Nobody can do anything. Nobody even diagnosed it. Like, you know, so I'm in agony actually right now. So. Yeah, well, that, I'm I'm sorry. I'm definitely sorry to hear that, and uh, that's that's terrible. But I'll tell you what, though, you're a trooper because when I called you tonight and I asked you if you wanted to do your show, you said yes. So this is a man that works through the pain. Um, so Scott, I I know, and you know what? We got a New Year's uh, we got a New Year's coming pretty soon. 2017 is on our way. We're fastly approaching it. And uh, I understand that there's an event coming up for uh, for RCW. That's true. Yes. Scott would know more about that. Are you defending your, either of your belts uh, in this upcoming match in January, Scott? Uh, I believe so. I've got... What have I got? I've got I'm in Regina this weekend. I'm actually going for the uh, ringside wrestling... Uh, North American Championship against Moses Luke, and then I'm also uh, there might be Wavell Star out there possibly. I'm actually working with Ray Wavell Star on the 18th, 19th, and actually 17th, 18th, 19th in both Wavell and uh, the late John Cosman both kind of modeled their interviewing uh, acumen after Archie the Stomper Goldie who. To me, it was the best heel interview going. Like whether he's being interviewed or he just grabbed the mic and ranted the whole time after a match. And we had interviews that followed the match. You know, a big bloody, sweaty, hot, heated uh, match with lots of issues and riages, ready to bring it back for weeks on end. And the stomper would be up there dripping and bleeding, and the, the commentator, the uh, you know, the bull by blow commentator, quite often a homo in his own right. He'd be afraid he's going to get blood on his pink suit or something. You know, the the studios didn't like blood in in any sense of the word. But anyway, uh, the stomper could talk like nobody's business. And poor John Cosman bit the bullet. He had cancer recently and died uh, a few days ago. God rest his soul. uh, I've seen that. Principal Pound. He he had a good gimmick. Bruce gave that to him. And he had an entourage of students, you know, headmaster Bates and his uh, special pet students and all that. And, you know, when a student uh, won a match, he might uh, get a nice, fresh new pair of knee pads or something. And it all had a lot of homo uh, insinuation, but it was all tasteful and funny. And, uh, mm. you know, Pound wrestling with his, uh, you know, his uh, necktie and dress shirt and, you know, all that. But he he tried hard and he you know he deserved breaks that he didn't get like a lot of wrestlers uh, you know but he got sick he got very ill but uh, his father was a commissioner you know that's that's not a that's an unusual you know hardcore wrestling commissioner who probably tried to help us more than, than most commissioners do in most towns but anyway John Cosman is a good guy and uh, you know. Uh, Regina should mourn him. Uh, you know, he was a good, good human being, and uh, he was an entertaining chap in, in the wrestling world. 
Well, anyway, like anyway, like like uh, like I was going to say, we have Real Canadian Wrestling presents New Year's Freakout, January twenty first, two thousand seventeen, Royal Canadian Legion number one one six yeah one sixteen Seventh Avenue, Southeast Calgary, Alberta. What happened? It's right on the C train route. It's right as central as you can get in downtown. It's right, right here. It's uh, everybody knows where it is. Very mm-hmm. The doors, so. the doors open at seven uh, o'clock showtime, seven forty-five, featuring former WWE TNA star Sin Bodai or Bodai, uh, RCW Commonwealth Bodie Bodie. Okay, RCW Commonwealth title match. Tiger Ali, champion versus Strife, challenger. Nice, good, good, good card. And uh, get your tickets in advance. Uh, they're available at the front desk, uh, Legion front at Legion front desk, or online www.myshowpass.com. RCW New Year's Freakout. So that would that yeah, definitely good looks good. good. I wish I was up in Canada to see that, but I'm here in New York City, Staten Island, actually New York City. Yeah. But uh, you if you are on the card, my friend, good luck with with your match. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely like on that card. Places, I'll be there. Yeah, like you know, uh, Scott, the Legion has beer sales there, and it's it always makes the ambience a little better. You know, some some. Community halls and venues have no no concession or very nothing. They're not licensed, but you only sit down at a table and sit on a plush chair and watch the wrestling and drink a beer all you drink all night long if you want. And, uh, oh, absolutely! It, it makes it a lot easier to sell yeah. to people that aren't necessarily wrestling fans to be able to come down and have a couple of beers and watch the show. Yeah, some guys just come to kind of mock it, and so who cares as long as they bought a ticket? Uh, they they enjoy they they the more they drink the more they obnoxious they get but in the end it's uh part of the gate and it all helps you guys so good pretty much it yeah you'll have, a good, you'll have a good turnout and i'll be there i hope uh, they're not dead yeah. that would be very unfortunate hopefully not the case yeah well even if i'm dead i'll try to be there but you know it's uh, maybe we're <laughs> I'm always he, he's not going to be no, dead not. he's not going to be he's yeah. not going to be dead he's not going to be dead so don't worry about that. He will be there. He will be there. You're not going to be dead. Anyway, Nick, uh, what do you call the the uh, the guy Sin Bodhi, Um, I knew him as I knew him as a. Uh, how the hell did you pronounce his name? Kizarni. 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 Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's been all over the place, and uh, I like. He's from Canada, correct? Yeah. He certainly is. He married some girl at Russell's, I believe. Uh, well, I've seen him in Puerto Rico and all kinds of places uh, by surprise, or, or either I just showed up and there he was. And uh, he's been in Calgary a lot, and he, he's he's a good guy. But you know, just me being in a casket, you know, I'd, I'd even do that for. Oh my God! Peace so, <laughs> Smith Hart for the last time, you know. And, you know it's a bit, it helps so, so we're gonna have a cat. So are we gonna have a casket match? Well, oh, he married. He married Stacy. Hey, he married Stacy Carter. I wanted to, but not Stacy Angel, but Stacy Carter. I was going to marry Mae Young uh, and have Mark Henry. Uh, just uh, I had a hell of a gimmick where 
I put it through. I couldn't get after a certain point. I called uh, Howard Finkel in desperation. I said, Howard, uh, this is my my idea, you know, and it could be part of uh, any of your pay per views, including WrestleMania, where Smith Hart widowed four times, and which is legit, you know, four mothers, my kids are dead. Is now we're gonna t- marry this uh, brazen old, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to call her. Some people would call her a nigger lover from the uh, gimmick she did with Mark. Oh Hennigan, my you know, goodness, uh, Lord! But whatever, you know, here's me gonna marry May Young, and then uh, you know, got the cake and all the bullshit and pre-wedding cake for all the fans and you know, right. twenty fifty seat venue. You know, even though it, it never gets to that point, and here mm-hmm. comes Mark Henry, right at the point where you know. You oppose this wedding, speak now or forever hold your peace. And here comes Mark Henry, and then Brett jumps on his back and starts putting him to sleep. And then Hornswoggle jumps on Henry's uh, shin or something, hanging onto his leg. And just as he gets towards the cake, he, Brett puts him out and he falls back first or face first into the cake. It's all gone. And I go running off into the limo with uh, my bride. And uh, Mark Henry rips the door off the limo or grabs the bumper and rips the gimmick bumper off. And then you got the right. paparazzi hanging around in a hotel, loves, you know, penthouse where I've been honeymoon suite in Niagara Falls or somewhere. And I haven't been out for like three weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I love, hey, hey, you know what I would, you know what, you know what would have been really, hey, you know what would have been really funny? If instead of, listen, instead of, Mark, instead of Mayon giving birth to um, a hand, he she could have gave birth to a heart. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> but, uh, you know, then Mark Henry, so, you know, Mark Henry pushes the paparazzi. They're all just shills anyway. Knocks them apart. Oh my goodness! Goes, so, uh, kicks in the door of the penthouse <laughs> honeymoon suite, and. Out comes him with uh, Mae Young. She's got a whip in her hand, the mask and the spike heels and the uh, <laughs> you know, uh, fishnets and the crotchless panties, the whole bit. Oh, all right. I don't want to think uh, about. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about Mae Young yeah, with crotchless panties. Red eagle tied up. They can just pan over. All right, all right. Okay. Yeah, we're getting off course. Um, what do you call Scott? Scott. Scott. He got confused and he forgot about it and he couldn't answer his phone for about 15 days in a row. Howard Finkel. Yeah. Now I know why Howard Finkel's the way he is. They were giving away tickets that year for WrestleMania. Oh, my goodness. Um, Scott, where can people find you on a hold on? Where, Scott, where can people find you on social media? Uh, if you look up Scott Justice on Facebook, um, easily accessible there. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. But pretty much the best way to best way to find me is through Facebook. If you, my fan page is the True Justice, but uh, my the actual full Facebook account is the best way to follow me and all my stuff. Well, that's that's uh, that's well, thank you, thank you for that. Um. So, Smith, is there anything you want to say to Scott before we let him go? Uh, no, it's a pleasure to meet you uh, and watch you, and I'll look forward to the next time. And, uh, you know, just uh, keep on plugging away. Uh, you know, uh, it's good you're, you kind of got another uh, element of uh, livelihood because wrestling is prone to injuries, and you, suddenly you get an injury and you're, you can't do much about it except back off, you know heal up or, or retire even but uh hopefully with you you're a young guy you look fit and 
uh, you're quite agile and all that. So, uh, you know, I think uh, it's just a matter of luck more than anything, good or bad luck. But uh, if you got good karma, you know, it should carry you quite a ways. And uh, I wish you the best and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, in uh, January 20. What day is that? The 21st? Yes. First, yes. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, you will. Anyway, and uh, Scott, um, it's been a pleasure for you to be on the show tonight. Thank you for getting back to me. And uh, maybe one of these days I'll have you on my show, Pro Wrestling Now, with uh, Mike Ferrara. And uh, also two things. Number one, remember what Smith said about your wrestling. And two, don't forget about Mae Young and her crotchless panties. I will try <laughs> no, that's not to. I got ninety thousand reviews when I when I commented on her death. I gave a little history of Mae Young, which a lot of people didn't know her history. Uh, I mean, outside of what the WF portrayed, she's been around forever, you know. And she's a tough, tough person. You know, she beat up men many a time. She used to carry a Bowie knife and smoke cigars and stuff. But, yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah, 90- yeah, that that's that's crazy. All right, Scott, thank you for joining us, my friend. Good luck with everything. Have a nice, successful career. And keep on wrestling and, and doing what you, what you do. And uh, and thank you for joining the show tonight. Thank you very Thanks. much for having me on. All right, no problem. Anytime. All right, bye, Scott. Bye. Okay. Man, that was good. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, that was that was uh that was really that was really good interview, Smith. That was uh that was uh fun. Hey, uh, while we're waiting for, um, hopefully Brent calls in, I, I just messaged him to see if he's, uh, if he's ready. He's got some MMA, uh, stuff that he's doing. He, Brent Brooks, uh, actually works with, um, with Dan of B. Severn. Yeah, you're telling me. Yeah, interesting, right? Oh, oh, yeah. also, this, I... Got something for you. It's a, it's actually a favor, and I'll ask it for you on the air so people can hear this. I have a show coming up on this this Thursday, at six o'clock. It would be what about four o'clock your time? Yeah. Okay, six o'clock. I have a guy coming on my show. His name is Mister Grimm. He's ha- he's doing a Canadian tour. He's going all over Canada. And I wanted to know, maybe I could call you up and you could be on the show and talk to him about Canada. Yeah, sure. All right, I'll do that. Um, I'll do, I'll, we'll see how you are on uh, Thursday. But anyway, go back and, and go back. You were talking about Mae Young. Did you have, like, a thing for Mae Young? Did I what? Have a thing for her. I Did you like her? I I. I I, I liked her uh, as a wrestler. She was, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, did you like her as like you know? Did you like her like as a love interest? Uh, hardly. Uh, hardly, all right. Oh, because no, only because you only yeah, because you pitched this for business, especially the wrestling business. Anything goes, you know. It's gonna sell yeah. tickets, uh, make me money, and make a promotion money, I'm mm-hmm. all into it. You know, and I talked to Mae Young uh, about this beforehand, and she loved the idea. And uh, Finkel, uh, you know, assumed the, uh, uh, you know, 
role of liking the idea. And sure, I'll pass that on and just keep you. Know, you let me know, and you, you know. But once it got down to where I wanted to give him the final script, uh, I couldn't. He, he was he was sick and unavailable. And you know, I don't think he even has a position there. I think he's kind of a mascot. I think they pay him just to kind of show up, or you know, like he, I don't know. But whatever, uh, just I couldn't reach him or anybody at the last minute. It just went nowhere, like the last ten days, uh, were you know. And what, what can you do? You got something like that should be advertised in advance to make any sense, you know. To to otherwise it's not worth promoting. They they need big time, uh, you know. They need lots of advance notice on any gimmicks they do, and they they gotta be. Uh, you know, they want to know every aspect of it, and it's got to be something really different. Well, this was really different. It would have been some comedy. Could have revived Mark Henry at a time when he was doing nothing, and even Hornswoggle when he was. Well, I don't know if Hornswoggle ever did anything, but he lucked out this summer. <laughs> I mean, well, Horn, Hornswoggle did, did. You know, Hornswoggle did did some good things. I actually got to meet him uh, in September, and he's a really yeah. nice guy. He's really. He's really down to earth. You know, he's a really nice guy. He's down to earth. Um, The one thing, you know what's so funny? The one thing that he said was like, you know how wrestlers spend money like it's water? And they spend money on on stupid stuff like, you know, know, liquor or drugs or whatever. Hornswoggles, you know what Hornswoggles vice was or is? Uh, Figures. He's into old oh, wrestling figures. Guy? Yeah, he's wow. into like he's like well, into classic. Got, I know guys that got room for them, you know, and they're all out of the package. Unfortunately, my son has got probably a couple hundred, and they're all still in the original packages. But we you know, it's, nice. There's uh memorabilia aspects to some. Nice. I got the. I guess I still have the. I have the big ones. Of course, they're out of the package. I have the LG, the uh, the LGNs. Yeah, I've seen people that could damn near cover a football field with all the dolls they got, like just tons of, tons of. Yeah, I, I, I look at, I look at all, I, I look at a couple, I look at like, I don't know, I look at them sometimes. They're in, they're in my attic, and I go up there just to see what's going on with them. And I have, I found a lot of wrestlers. That are in my that are in my you know um ca- cabinet that the wrestlers are dead. There's a, like Mr. Fuji, um I got Bam Bam Bigelow. You know you're talking about like 1985 when the wrestling figures first came out. Yeah, there's so many. Uh, I mean, Mike, my son Michael has got all these ones like Brian Tillman and Terry Von Erich and Yokozuna and Owen and uh, Mr. Perfect and. Oh, those are the little ones. Not, not, well, all different sizes, and they're all dead. I mean, like, uh, you know, it's making yeah, it you're right. more valuable. Or I don't know, but uh, anyway, God bless all these poor kids that go and buy all of the parents that buy all this shit for them. I know the big boys that this video can carry carried on the childhood tradition. They're out there fighting in the uh, flea market lines to buy some wrestling doll that's... Uh, you don't realize that it's worth what it is. It's only it's a bargain, and you're, you know, fighting to get it. And, you know, it's, and these guys are adults. So you're almost like practically wrestling promoters in a sense. You know, they even run their own shows once in a while if they get some money together. If they see an opportunity, there's a bunch of guys coming in anyway. And 
they, they say get them all to work for, uh, you know, without the airfare and find them a cheap hotel or something. You know, whoever. In, you know, where there's uh, water seeks its own level and, uh, you know, these wrestling opportunities do the same thing, you know. You got a building and you got someone that'll pay for the rent and, you know, you got someone that maybe help you with the, uh, doing the legwork, postering and, and, you know, do a web page for you, this and that. All of a sudden you're, you're a promoter, you know, and you use this, all these old washed up hoors from the WF that mostly signing autographs, but you get them to walk around the ring with a two by four and yell a bit or cut some hair or something. And you pull off a sort of a horseshit uh, night of entertainment somehow with your local. Yeah. It's something, it's something how, it's something how you were just saying that, especially with the wrestling figures that most of the guys, that that they made the wrestling figures from, whether it be WCW, WWF, WWE, all the guys that they made were basically, they were professions. Yeah, like the big boss man, he was a cop. So they got a big boss man, a big boss man figure, you know, IRS, he was a tax guy. But, you know, it was pretty cool to see that, you know. The, the big boss man came with a, a nightstick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, it was different. It was different. They want everybody with different uh, outfits and gimmicks and colors so that mm-hmm. they make the doll kind of unique because basically it's like one body mold with a different head on it and uh, they'll position it to, to look like you or, you know, this guy will have longer hair or shorter hair on the mold and, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be painted with blue trunks and yellow hair and somebody mm-hmm. else be painted It's definitely big money, especially that's where the kids, that's where the market lies. You know, the kids, even today, today, today they make the figures a little different, but they're always making the legend. They're always remembering yesteryear. You know, they're always yeah. remembering those that passed the torch to the guys today. Because remember, if it wasn't for the guys of yesteryear, there would be no guys today. Pretty much true. You know, uh, even the guys before, you know, even the guys before, the guys in the 70s and 80s, the guys that paved the way with the 60s and the 50s and the 40s and and so on. But that's the way it is today. And unfortunate, like, like now wrestling is totally different than it was five years ago, ten years ago. Uh, This past Monday, I don't know if you, I don't know if you were aware of it, last night, they had a... Balls count anywhere in the building match with Charlotte versus Sasha Banks for the WWE Women's title. That's an interesting concept. I didn't watch any. It was too much uh, agony. Well, I'll I'll tell you right now, Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks won. She is the the three-time Raw Women's Champion and you know, you know how she. It was it was cool to see how she beat. Um, it was awesome to see how she beat um, Charlotte. She actually put her in one of those handrails when you go up the stairs. She put her in her her uh, finisher move called the bank statement, which is um, which is a pretty cool move that she does, and she put her in there. And then Ric Flair um, came out uh, per storyline. Ric Flair came out. And he raised the hand of Sasha Banks, 
because a couple of months ago, Ric Flair's daughter kicked Ric Flair to the curb. You know, per, again, per storyline. Yeah. That's but cool. when you yeah. see... But when you see Charlotte do moonsaults off of, you know, off of stairs, and you see Sasha Banks do these crazy dives off of, like, you know, the scaffold, it's like, wow. And you, and you definitely know that the WWE and Vince McMahon are definitely supporting this because they're the ones that are booking this, and they book them for main event because they, they trust um, that they could have a great match. And you know what? That was a great match, and people were really into it. And that was my favorite match last night, and I was I was really into it. I'm a big believer in Charlotte and Sasha Banks. I believe I like that... Both. Yeah, I I Yeah, well, you've seen them both, right? You've seen them live, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. I saw them. Uh, they're about 10 feet in front of me, wrestling at the uh, corral here about a month and a half ago. Yeah, and you got the and and the crowd and the crowd when Sasha Banks comes out, you can tell she's over because the crowd goes wild over, when yeah. when right when when her music uh when her music hits. Let me let me switch let me switch gears uh, while we're waiting for Brent on you and I. Oh, I think I think uh, I think he's on the uh, the line. You know what? Let's uh let's take a uh, let's take a quick. Uh, I want to take a quick commercial break, about three minutes. And then we will uh, we will come back uh, and uh, hold yeah, on one second. This I is the great fight. Twenty five. Hold on. You can buy a wealth of gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. Five dollars still takes you a long ways. But did you know that five dollars can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only five dollars, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable films in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our wacky stores page on Facebook. 
Are you looking for a mortgage for that new home? Do you want to refinance to a lower rate, obtain cash out, or consolidation? If so, call Anthony Muscarella of Advisors Mortgage Group. Advisors Mortgage Group is a mortgage banker and loan our own money to First Lien Mortgage Loans. We have built a platform for a seamless and stress-free mortgage process, which remains our number one goal for all of our customers. We understand that success cannot be obtained without teamwork and communication, two of our most important strengths. If you're looking to apply for a loan or simply Simply have some questions. Please don't hesitate to give Anthony Muscarella a call at 732-749-3333, extension 12, who, by the way, has been recognized by Mortgage Executive Magazine as being one of the top 1% of originators in America. That number again, call Anthony Muscarella at 732-749-3333, extension 12, where we tailor our loans to meet your needs. Advisors Mortgage Group is an equal housing opportunity lender licensed by the New Jersey Department of Banking and Insurance, branch NMLS number 173453, loan officer NMLS number 111400. Okay, uh, we are back with the heart rate volume number 25. And uh Smith, now we now we, we will be going out to uh we have another guest. He's a, he's currently uh working with uh Dan the B seven and uh, he's doing a lot of uh MMA stuff. He is the one and only Brent Brooks. Brent, how are you tonight, buddy? I'm doing great and that's Brent Brooks, aka the ballistic Brent Myers for all you fans out there. And uh, well, that's right. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, it's all good. Works out either way. No relation to the killer Tim, I don't suppose. No, 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 Tim but books. much respect yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah, I think he's still alive. I don't even know if he's dead or not. I don't know, but uh, he, we used him in Calgary. He was a decent enough heel for while he was there. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, any questions for me, feel free to lay them on. Uh, regarding professional wrestling and or MMA. And uh, I may have a few questions for uh, Smith Hart there. Oh, for sure. Uh, I'd be happy to answer anything I can. Um, yeah, Dan Severn, a uh, great amateur wrestler. His whole family are uh, actually big, strong amateur wrestlers, submission wrestlers. And uh, Dan got into MMA, I guess, uh, when Ken Shamrock was... Uh, Exploiting it uh, to, to his utmost, and uh, I met Dan uh, at least uh, once or twice in Calgary. Here, I know I, last time I saw him at the uh, Ranchman's. Uh, no, it was the uh, Cowboys uh, Bar and Grill downtown, and he had a seminar. And uh-huh. he had a girlfriend with him who looked pretty tough. And a lot of our local wrestling uh, boys that were in town that day uh, went down to see him. And they were all in awe of him. And he was a real gentleman, pretty big guy then. I understood he lost a bit of weight now intentionally. He's down to about 200 pounds and still, still fit and deadly. And uh, I, I actually booked Dan to wrestle on a Sam Pete Week show uh, about four years ago, but it didn't ever come about that he would have fought Harry Smith, my nephew. And, I had uh, Chris Benoit's son on the card, but uh, Chris Jericho thought that uh, uh, David Benoit wasn't uh, fit to wrestle or that I was exploiting him or something or that he was maybe uh, had some 
mental issues or something. So the whole thing never came about. I was doing it by remote control from Ontario, and uh, you know it just never quite happened. I think we lost our deposit, but it would have been a great card. I had some other good stuff on there. In fact, I had Benoit's son in a with Shavo uh, Guerrero in, a, in his tag match to cover him up because he didn't have a lot of experience. And I think even Lance Storm here might have trained him a little bit. But and he was all for it. But then somebody or someone, something got to him and he wouldn't uh, answer his phone calls after that. And it just got too close to the deadline where we just uh, couldn't do a show uh, and justify it. So we uh, we, we cancelled. But uh, would have been a nice. Uh, it was it was a well thought out card. You know, would have been good. You know, using some stars, established stars, and some local guys as well. But anyway, that's the nature of the business, you know. Some things happen, some things don't. But mm-hmm. I've got lots of respect for Dan Severn, uh, just just from my, my, you know, brief association with him and my sort of greater uh, love of wrestling. Uh, beyond that, you know, uh, I, I I enjoy uh, you know seeing and you know watching and exchanging and even you know training with guys like Dan Severn who can really benefit you and you're lucky to be uh, trained by him and have him as an ally because he's been doing this for a long time and he knows what he's doing and uh, you know to me a real to me a uh, submission wrestler is basically like a bow constrictor he can squeeze you until you tap out and it doesn't matter what you are if you're a spiny porcupine or whatever he's got you in his grip you tap out he lets you go you might have lost a few quills or pissed yourself but you're not you're not dismembered or you haven't had all your teeth knocked out. You don't have like 40 concussion hits in the head from knees and fists and elbows and, uh, and you know, toes, sure. whatever. You know, I've seen that where guys out cold, he's sitting against the cage and the other guy keeps shifting around and hitting him, kneeing him, kicking him, booting him in the face and the head. And the referee can't quite understand what's going on after 165. Undefendable kicks and punches to the face. Uh, they finally stop it and the guy... You might fall over left or right then, but that's 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 kind of that's not fighting. That's uh, that's a that's worse than a street fight. And it's, I don't get it. To me, and then they hug each other. You know, some guy's got all his teeth knocked out, or he's he's groggy for a month. I love this sport. I love you. And they hug each other. It's like I fucking you know if I if I was a submission wrestler and I got a guy who had done me some damage, you know, with kicks and punches, I would I'd break his goddamn arm. I'd dislocate it or I'd choke him out till he. He had brain damage. They'd have to pull me off him. I mean, it gets to that much of a serious fight, money or no money. Uh, you know, your killer instinct comes out, and your adrenaline takes over, and then you don't. You know, that's uh, that's how I feel about it. So, the uh, wrestling aspect of MMA is kind of gentlemanly, and the aspect of trying to hit the other guy first as soon as you can, hard as you can, as often as you can, before he does the same thing to you. Uh, is rubs me the wrong way, and uh, it might be exciting. I watch it every once in a while, sometimes with disgust, sometimes with amazement. But uh, uh-huh. usually, it's like I don't like it. It's it's uh, it's no, it's not gentlemanly. They try to make boxing kind of gentlemanly, like with uh, the referees wearing a tuxedo and the judges all got gloves on and you know whatever. Maybe that's for the blood and stuff. But they're you know, meanwhile these guys are trying to fucking kill each other if it's legit. And uh, to me, that's where you, that's where guns and knives come in, or you know, like long range assault weapons. Like you don't have to get up close and risk a guy 
fucking punching your lights out. You just shoot them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, you know, but wrestling is like real, it's like, it's friendly. You know, you size a guy up, you lock up, you realize that, uh, he's stronger than you. So you gotta do, you gotta maybe you tire him out. You have some strategy, but it's friendly. You teach him and he teaches you and you learn whether they want you to learn or not. You know, you try to learn stuff and, uh, hopefully they'll explain it to you. Shortcuts to, to, uh, the, uh, you know the the move or hold, and that's uh, that's that's uh, that's brotherhood there. You know, and I, I guess some of these guys are kind of brotherly. And, uh, you know, I've seen anything goes in pro sports. I mean, I watched the Great Cup here the other day, and it was a very good close game. But it's such a small circuit up here. I mean, they, a game like that could have been rigged easy if the two owners would just got together and got one quarterback to fucking slack off or something. It wouldn't, wouldn't take much if they had some purpose in it, like a huge side bet or something, but, you know, even Olympics can be, you know, illegitimate uh, by virtue of a referee from the Soviet bloc, uh, maybe giving the nod to a, a good communist or something over an American. You know, it, hap- it has happened and it still happens and in the figure skating with the, the uh, gay aspect and all that. There's been there's been stuff like that. But anyway, I'm getting off topic here, so... No, no, it's good stuff, because, you know, you're talking about uh, having to defend yourself, guns, knives, the whole nine yards, uh, wrestling, fighting, and you know what? That's all, all what we learned here at Michigan Sports Camps with Dan to be Severn. Uh, every room, there's something to be learned in. Uh, you know, we, we ranging from self-defense, uh, professional wrestling, mixed martial arts. Very few yeah, camps I, that I've ever been to have... Uh, have something like this where you can learn a bit of everything under one roof. Uh, usually it's very difficult. You've got to go to several different places to learn all this. And right here at Michigan Sports Camp, we can do it all. And as a matter of fact, yeah. I have someone here with me, and that special someone is Dan the B. Severn. Hello there, Smith. How are you doing? I'm delighted to hear your voice, Dan. I'm doing not bad. I have cancer, and I'm actually in uh, radiation uh mode or whatever. Chemotherapy? Well, I only had radiation twice now since uh, in the last month, and I don't know if it's causing the pain or it's the pills and the constipation that cause the pain or the cancer itself, but uh, they just upped my uh, prescription to four times the strength of what the other stuff was, and uh, they, they gave me some, some heavy-duty laxatives that they, they can only prescribe. You don't even buy them over the counter, and uh, I'm hoping they work, but so far they haven't done anything. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in as much pain as I was uh, for months. I can hardly walk, to tell you the truth. But I, I think it comes and goes. Like uh, the shots that I'm getting, I'm getting these uh, biannual testosterone killer uh, shots. They kill all the testosterone in your system, so you don't even have that to kind of fight off. Uh, you know, you know, to, 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 you know, you lose all your strength and all that. So I'm, I'm just wait, I'm just sort of you know like uh, hoping and praying and, and suffering through this. Uh, last year I thought I was gonna die, not even a year ago, uh, and and uh, I, I was willing to die. I said I don't want to live. This is like 24 hours. I lost 70 pounds in about eight months. Wow. No, no desire to do anything. I had no strength. I don't have much strength now. It, it hurts to even roll over in bed. I have to grab the top of the mattress and pull it, pull myself over it. I have to like, uh, you know, grab my bookshelf and not knock it over, but sort of gently use it to get up and stuff. And 
It's uh, I got pain from my knees right up to my shoulder blades and collarbone and all that. And uh, outside of that, I don't have any aches and pains. But uh, I just don't know about cancer. It's, I've never had anything like it. It doesn't run in our family. I'm the only one that has it. Uh, Brett had a bad prostate and had it removed, but my prostate had already attacked my hip, my left hip, so they couldn't even do a biopsy. And they can't do any surgery. I just have to, they, they say you're going to have pain all your life and you can only control it. You can't even cure it. So, wow. You know, so, you, so you know that. Yeah. I, I, I'd say five days out of seven, I'm, I'm in, in uh, you know, pretty bad suffering pain. Like I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not, a, I don't, since it's very painful and you're weak as hell. It's not like you're normal, but you're in pain. I'm weak. I'm, I'm down to no energy, and uh, I fell over the other day, fell right on top of my daughter, just taking about five steps. I, I just felt dizzy and uh, lost my balance for a second. Uh, that's happened before, but not quite to that extent, you know. I've been, you know, my equilibrium seems to be bad and stuff. So, I, you know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm just hoping and praying that uh, I can sort of uh, get my affairs in order to get this kind of, you know, get this uh, controllable. They don't want to hear any feedback for me. They only want to know uh, what the blood tests say or what the bone scans say. I suggested that if I had these six-month shots every three times a year instead of twice a year, because they seem to wear off after, uh, after uh, say, three months instead of the six, you start to notice a reversal in your condition. Instead of saying, I can live with this, I feel good, I'm, active, I'm on my bike, I'm out and enjoying myself, you start feeling it different. It starts gradually, gradually, gradually. All of a sudden, it's like, I feel like shit. I'm getting worse every day. By the time you see a doctor, they might give you another booster shot of estrogen or something. And, and uh, you know, that wears off after a month, not even like three weeks later. You're starting to feel it's, it's helped for a while. But now, but they say, well, you got the big shot coming up in three weeks. Just hang tough, buddy. And uh, we're going to give you another bone scan or something. And you get that, and you feel fine for like two or three months at the most, and all of a sudden it fades away. So I've had the two shots now, and I'm getting another one in February. And, um, you know, it, you, you learn from those. But they said we can't deviate from the uh, format. This is a controlled clinical study at the, you know, by the grace of Alberta government and the pharmaceutical companies, and you're, you're, these are $5,000 shots you're getting. So... You know, I said, well, I know what's going on. I, I feel like they don't do any good after three months. I'm like, can they get a, another one? But I don't know. They must know something. I don't, all I know is uh, I, I, I lear- it's a learning process, and I don't want to really talk about it. When I when I got you on the phone, Dan, uh, you're much more interesting in my uh, ailments and speculating on what they are, what they might do and all that. But uh, I enjoyed my last talk with you. You sounded really good and fit. Too bad we couldn't pull that show up in Calgary, but it, did, it just didn't happen. But you were more than reasonable in your uh, your price and uh, all everything else. It was, it was a pleasure to deal with you, and I wish you all the luck in the world with everything you do uh, and your family. And uh, with Brent Brooks, uh, Bob Johnson, uh, you know, rates him as a good guy, and that's good enough for me. I haven't met Brent, but uh, I hope he's a good-sized guy that you've got something to work with and uh, that, uh, you know, he goes as far as he can go. You still there, Dan? Oh, good. I 
I recall a trip. I didn't go on it. I was on my way to Ontario, but uh, is he still holding on? Is he? Hey, Dan, are you still with us? Hello. I don't think he's still with us. I hope he didn't just hang up in disgust, but whatever. I uh, maybe you can reconnect uh, or something. I there. don't know. I, I gotta. We gotta try to call that number back. I don't know what happened. Hold on. I'll just stand by. I I'm laughing because I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, you stopped talking. Oh wait, he's going back. Hello. Yes. Oh good. Yeah. Is that Dan? Yeah, this okay, we got Smith, yeah, somehow I don't know how we got disconnected, but we got disconnected. Oh, that's all right. Uh, I was babbling about my uh my pain and all that, but uh, I said my closing words for I don't want to waste uh, talking right, I was gonna to say you about I was gonna say hello to Dan. Hi Dan, this is Magic Mike and uh, I'm Smith's uh, Hearts co host. Well, hello there, Magic Mike. Yeah. Hi. So how you? So so how have you been uh, these days? One more time, there, Mike. I said, how have you been these days? You hanging in there? Oh, you doing your thing? No, I'm. No, I'm great, uh, Mike. I'm, I'm great. It's uh, you know, but but uh, uh, I mean, it's, I we restarted my my mixed martial arts company called Danger Zone. We ran our first uh, MMA show. I should say our first show back in over a four and a half year. Uh, uh, sabbatical there. We we, we launched that back in October 29th, uh, you know, just this, this past month. That was a total success, both on uh, the actual audience and attendance, and also the internet pay per view. We've got our next show slated for January the 14th, uh, 2017. Um, we restarted uh, our, uh, the PLG, a fresh wrestling uh, company. Uh, Stands for Price of Glory. We, we basically just ran a show here just uh, last weekend. That was a, a, a big success as well. Probably one of the best shows we'd ever run because uh, of the same type of situation. Uh, you know, for about the last four to four and a half years, I kind of I had to shelf for a couple of days because I was just trying to finish up my own mixed martial arts career. And it looks like things you know, might finally be to an end. It's, it's all, it all depends. I, I, I keep hearing. Some little inklings there that there might be a potential Shamrock match, but you know he's going to be. Uh, you know, he, he still has. Uh, he has to go sit in the penalty box here for at least another three, four, maybe six months or yet before they'll, they'll ever allow him to compete anywhere else inside the United States. Anyway, that would be a nice match. Anyway, uh, if it happens to you and uh, Ken Shamrock again, that would be another, I think, uh, classic. You know, I was talking with I was talking with Smith a couple of times, and we were talking about you, especially when it come when it came to his brother Owen. And I remember I remember there was a match that Owen had against Ken Shamrock, and you were the special guest referee at the heart in in the heart dungeon. Yes, yeah, that, 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 yeah, the, the, yeah. I was basically just a special guest referee match. Yeah, like just as you said, was uh, taking place between uh, Ken Shamrock and, and Owen Hart. And while they were uh, setting up all the camera angles, while they were setting up you know, the, you know, the lighting and things of that nature, you know, for almost three hours, I was up upstairs in uh, you know the, the living room there, and uh, uh, you know Stu Hart was was there, and uh, he was you know telling 
you know, telling stories, asking me questions, and uh, yeah, I just basically just listened there, listening there, just taking it all in, and it was, uh, it was just a real kind of a, I'll say it's just kind of like a magical type of afternoon, just, uh, you know, you really, I guess, so some great stories that the guys were telling me that some other guys that had been around came before, and I think it was about a week or so later, um, you know, I was at one of the Monday Night Raws, and Owen came up to me, and he said, my dad wanted you to have this, and Owen presented me one of his Owen Hart T-shirts that Stu Hart had signed it himself. And I thought, well, I just said, well, that, that's fantastic. I, you know, just make sure you tell your dad, uh, I thank you very much for it. So, yeah, that was uh, that was a great, great uh, memory for me. Yeah, even when you were at Cowboys uh, promoting a seminar, I think both of my parents came down to see you at Cowboys yeah. uh, Bar downtown Calgary a while yep, later. Yep. Yes. Are you a yeah. cat lover, Dan? Well, I say I'm not talking I, I pussy. Do. I'm talking kitty cats, like uh, the ones that purr and piss. Because <laughs> 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 well, uh, you know, Brian Dobbs, uh, he came to stay with me. Uh, <laughs> if I didn't know what you were saying before, I sure do know what you mean now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Brian Dodge came in and uh, was, I don't know what it was, there was no hotels available. It might have been a stampede week or something where they're thinking hotels are tight. And uh, Davey Boy, I don't think Davey was really trying to rib him. I think Davey was probably too groggy and uh, jet-lagged. But uh, Nobbs is highly allergic to cats. And uh, you walk into Stu's house and you know there's a lot of cats in there immediately. And Nobbs' face turned red. Uh, this is a, this is not the fat blonde guy with the big butt. This is a, the tougher guy with a missing tooth. But anyway, he, his face was all contorted, red and puffy, and Davey, Davey kept him an hour waiting. Trying to, we finally found him. Like, it's a really expensive hotel. And he said, I'll take it, I'll take it. But, uh, what's Davey what's brought right into Brian the litter box, right? Yeah, the one, the straight, the, the tough one, the, the black-haired one. Not the old beach whale who are, but, uh, you know, whom I like. He's a nice guy. They're both good guys. But uh, the, the younger, better, the, the, the athletic specimen of the two. So he, he's highly so, allergic to that. the nasty boys, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So one that, the one that I got you. I got you now. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and then a, sort of a similar topic or even worse, but uh, – you remember Geza Kalman? He was a young uh, protege of yours. He trained a little bit at the Hart School of Wrestling in Cambridge, Ontario, Dan. And uh, he was on a flight, I think, with you on a small plane going to Michigan to your place. Joe Frockledge, my so-called partner, bought a 400-pound tub of shit. Uh, he, he, of course, had to shit on this small plane. And he found some little can or bucket or bowl, and he shit in it. Of course, it got tipped over uh, in the mid-flight, and everybody I heard, everybody was like, which one to jump out the window of the plane? It was so bad, but I don't know if that's uh, you recall, or you may blank that out, but that guy, after all the people he conned and the hearts he broke, and people that thought they were going to be trained by some of the hearts that they never met, even Nellie Portado, she's a famous singer here, her brother joined the wrestling camp, he paid five grand, and never got one day of training, and left in disgust. Mm. But this guy's still alive, living on some estate acreage that he conned some poor senior out of, and then let the senior, he's a veteran of two wars and all that, he let the guy just rot in an old age home and took out his dog, put to sleep, and now he's living on the guy's property in Kelowna, B.C. So sometimes you think there is no justice out there, but 
anyway, well, well, right. you know, yeah, but uh, I, uh, I, uh, how, how do you rate your your young uh, protege Brent there? I don't know Brent personally, but uh, I would imagine he's got some uh, good qualifications for you to you know uh, take interest and tutor him and. Uh, well, you know, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He, he he comes. Uh, I first actually met him through uh, Bill Brown out in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, I've been you know been there different times there for the Ultimate Fighting Championships. And so one one yeah. time we we all went out for lunch and got a chance to get the the know a bit there. Marty's kind of tell me some of his uh, background in that, and uh, but but also not not just the professional's background, but then also he said a lot of things that he does with, like, security jobs and things of that nature. So I kept thinking, well, I said that I told him, you know, not only do we do professional wrestling training there, but we also, uh, I said, I also work with law enforcement. I, I work with corrections, uh, military, air marshal, border patrol. So I said uh, you could get a, a kind of a unique blend of a number of different things. And that really intrigued him a, a lot because, you know, it's, it's, it's getting all types of aspects of, of training in now. Yeah, I got some boys, kids of mine, legitimate and otherwise, and uh, I'd be uh, interested in sending them to someone like you. Santino Morella is another one that uh, I, I rate fairly highly as a bona fide uh, j- uh, judo guy, and uh, you know he was trained by Don Kolop or uh, Dmitry Dimitrov, who was a Bulgarian uh, wrestler and pretty versatile and all all that uh, Bulgarian wrestling. That's their national sport. But uh, he he knows his stuff, and he's got a couple of good. He's got one Japanese guy there that uh, knows everything, and you know, quiet, deadly little guy. You wouldn't think he's a killer when you see him, but uh, he he could probably t- 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 you know tie in knots and then rip you apart. Uh, so, you know, um, yeah, it's good to have uh, you know uh, a, a good versatile variety of of wrestling like. Uh, do there is a lot of punching in pro wrestling. There is a lot of uh, you know acrobatics. Uh, there there's uh, all kinds of uh, applications for different different related sports. Uh, you know, obviously weightlifting is is one, and even bodybuilding per se is another. You know, appearance counts. And some of these powerhouse lifters look fat, but they're actually monsters. Like these sumo guys look like they're pretty helpless and fat, and don't, they're limited. But they're they're tough bastards. Believe me, I. See them, uh, you know, and they'll hit you, hit you so hard that uh, you, you, you won't get up, you know, just with the palm of their hand and stuff. And, you know, they, they want that weight for this, you know, to be immovable and all that. But all these different aspects that you're familiar with, Dan, they all, uh, you know, you can make a real superior uh, star out of, uh, out of the uh, aspiring pupils you have. Such as, uh, well, one, of the, one of the unique things is that you, you're even seeing in, in more, uh, let's say, uh, more current realm, you've had CM Punk that uh, yeah. was work, was working with the WWE and then you know, basically went into, to, you know, to do his, uh, try his hand in uh, mixed martial arts. You've got uh, yeah. also Brock, Brock Lesnar, that is uh, that uh, amateur wrestler, professional wrestler, and, and then crossover into... Uh, mixed martial arts there as well, so there's there's a lot of athletes that I think that that are capable of doing the both. It's just whether or not opportunity will present itself or will the powers to be 
allow them that freedom to do so because sometimes they look upon you as an investment and they don't want you to risk uh, any type of uh, physical harm in a processor either. Yeah, that's right. They get to be kind of catchers there where, you know, they got so much money invested in you and they don't want you to lose and they don't want you to get injured and they want to kind of protect you and, they, and give you selective matches and stuff. They lose the aspect of box office and what the fans want and that instant heat and that, that uh, these, those uh, credible issues, you know. If you're making an issue out of something that's hardly believable or hardly important, uh, there is no issue. But if it's something that the wrestling fans can identify with and you can demonstrate, you know, the, the babies and the heels and the promoters, referees, all the people that make such a match, all the guys that lost to the baby and all the guys that lost to the heel that are now the top contention and, and main events and whatever, that, you know, it's drawing the money. Uh, you know, you, you got to let it go a little bit and let these guys like Abdullah, he just did what he, what he knew. And, uh, you know, his athletic days were kind of long gone. Uh, you know, he, he was 350 pounds when he came to Calgary the first time. He just got bigger and bigger and fatter. But he still had that basic instant heat aspect of him where he went nuts. And, uh, you know, the baby faces had to be, you know, he'd slaughter the, the uh, you know, the, most preliminary of them, and then work his way up till he had slaughtered everybody. And now he's he's getting some big, uh, you know, some real matches that town. He's having rematches with a tag team that's split up, and only one brother will rescue the other brother, and they'll have three or four weeks going. And you know, but uh, it really does. Uh, there is so much to it that people don't really uh, see. You know, in, in the end, like they don't see what's going on in your gym. And it should be private, basically, anyway. And you know, it's uh, you know, if somebody's paying you to teach uh, them the finer points and uh, you know, specialized things that, uh, that are limited to you know, few uh, teachers, and uh, you know, it should be uh, kept private and uh, not just exposed for people to kind of take advantage of. And a lot of people copy uh, wrestling moves and things, and they. They think they know it, but they don't really know the basics of how to fall. In the first place, they end up falling on their neck or something, or dislocating a shoulder because they didn't didn't have the basics, you know. But they they tried some goofy maneuver like coming off a five foot uh, turnbuckle or something, or uh, you know, jumping off the windowsill or something on somebody. But um, I'd love to get down and see you sometime in person. Uh, I, I'm sort of so uh, you know incapacitated now that I I. Uh, I can hardly get up to go to the bathroom, but uh, you're one of my favorite, uh, you know, wrestlers, and uh, I've always enjoyed uh, seeing you wrestle and meeting you and uh, what you've done uh, with my brothers. And um, you're a real gentleman, Dan, and I don't want to tie you up any more than I need to on this show. I know your time is valuable, and uh, I uh, know your student, uh, Brent, would probably like to say a few words uh, on his own behalf uh, and uh, you know, okay, well, reiterate. I will pass the phone back over to him there, and uh, I'll just say this. Is, it's always been great to, to talk to you there again, so take care of yourself, and uh, I hope for a speedy recovery there for you, Smith. So, yeah, good uh, health good you, over to you, Dan. Uh, health is wealth, as you know, and uh, that's, uh, you know, people overlook that sometimes. They don't realize, uh, you know, the importance of health, uh, especially uh, growing up as a kid, you don't you think you're so uh, durable, but really uh, we're all vulnerable to stuff like cancer. It's uh, son of a bitch. I had no idea it was this 
prolonged or this painful or this hard to beat, you know. So uh, good luck to you, Dan. It was really a pleasure talking to you. If you come back with any last-minute uh, messages or uh, uh, words of inspiration, uh, please do so. Uh, but it was a pleasure to talk to you. Well, I guess I'll just say, uh, uh, Smith, that uh, I mean, any of your listeners that they want to know more about who I am, what I've done, I mean, simply I'll just say you can go to my website at uh, dansevern.com, and there uh, will be all the list of all the social medias, the Facebook pages, the Twitter accounts, things of that nature. Uh, I always tell people that, uh, you know, I, I might have, it looks like I might be finally retired from mixed martial arts, but I haven't retired from uh, life, and I, I, I still have a mixed martial arts promotion going. I've got uh, my uh, professional promotion going. So there's a lot we have going on here in uh, Michigan Sports Camp's training facility, trying to help the next generation of young and up-and-comers find their their own way. So, again, thank you very much for having me. And I'll pass you over to you. Okay, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, those those uh, aspiring wrestlers, they should not uh, hesitate to take advantage of Dan's uh, I, I agree. His credentials, if he, if he his credentials, if he yes, down and his retires, credentials are uh, uh, speak for themselves. to these people, you know, people that yeah, Dan trained, you know, they train other people. Do we have Brent back on? I think we so. do. I, I'm back on there. You got Brent. Okay, hey, Brent. Uh, uh, you know, let let me uh, let me first start off by by asking. A question. Um, no. How did you? Uh, okay. Where did you first get trained to become a professional wrestler? Uh, good question. I originally started training back in Chicago around 1997 uh, with a small lucha promotion called the CWA at the time. Uh, giving you a fast forward here from there, I. I moved on to a, uh, a couple other promotions that were in the Chicago area at the time. Uh, one was uh, Chicago style wrestling, and uh, a couple promotions uh, I was working for up in uh, Wisconsin. I, I, I was uh, experimenting with, with, with various promotions, like I said, Chicago, Wisconsin, uh, Indiana, tri-state area, and then later on uh, I started getting out to places like St. Louis, Missouri, doing some training there. Uh, and Las Vegas as well with a promotion called uh, Adrenaline Unleashed. Um, and these days I find myself at uh, Dan Severn's uh, camp facility and training with the, them guys. And uh, just uh, my training has come from Jumping across paths with uh, Billy Corgan in Chicago. He had two promote. He had one promotion and a couple of guys kind of doing his uh, ground leg work. But uh, I think they may have uh, let him down, and he. He closed up and then he went to. He was called uh, wrestling. Uh, Man, resistance pro wrestling. Yeah, I, yeah. I had, yeah, I had met uh, uh, Corrigan in uh, Las Vegas at the California Alley Club when I was wrestling for uh, Vendetta Pro Wrestling at the time. However, oh, yeah. um, I had uh, yes, uh, I had things going on uh, on uh, another end there, so I, I could not um, get any. Involved in anything that he was doing at the time, but uh, he's a good guy, and uh, I like him. Yeah, he, he's a, he's a great guy, but but uh, I just didn't have the time, you know, to to uh, to try and get involved with him, so I never really pushed the issue. And I mean, he yeah. he had more than enough guys. I think he was doing okay. So, but 
Yeah, I, I've worked and trained with uh, uh, numerous promotions throughout the Midwest and, uh, you know, even out in Las Vegas. And uh, next week I will be headed down to uh, Florida and see what uh, see what happens down there. I, I like to experiment, you know, a little bit everywhere. I don't I don't like to... Uh, well, it's nice to travel. That's one of the things of wrestling, even, even the uh, Hunger League, you know, independence. You travel. You get to see a lot of the country. And uh, Florida this time of year is sure. a hell of a lot nicer than... Uh, Calgary or New York. Yeah, I mean, is your father involved in wrestling? I know Bob Johnson mentioned his name in uh, at the same time as yours. Is that John? Is that your dad's name, John, or something? I don't know Bob, you guys Bob, personally. Bob his name is Bob Brooks as well. He he. Uh, Bob. Long story short, my father used to um, promote prof- professional wrestling. He had a promotion called TSW Tri-State Wrestling back in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, you know, he was well involved with professional wrestling. Uh, but, uh, you know, his other career, he is a uh, fire chief and uh, does some other things as well. And it's just, you know, it's it's very time-consuming, as we know, to be involved in yeah. pro wrestling. So he doesn't quite have my, the time uh, to be son, uh, foster father was a firefighter and my brother Keith and also my brother-in-law, right, BJ. Right. And then my... my uh, the little son of a bitch's uh, grandfather was the deputy fire chief, and when the uh, drunken mayor here uh, passed the uh, chief uh, award, you know, uh, onto a, a piss tank, uh, he retired early. He was disgusted. He deserved it, and uh, they they gave it to another guy just because he was friends with the mayor, drinking buddies. But uh, so I know a lot of firefighters, and they're all pretty, you know, they do a real good service, you know. Uh, right. Even uh, we've had some wrestlers, Chico Gracia. You wouldn't know him. He's from the 50s, 40s. But his uh-huh. son, uh, who wrestled the Spike Jones out of uh, Arizona, he was a full-time firefighter. But uh, whenever, whenever he got time off, which seemed quite often, uh, he would come to Calgary and wrestle. And he's happy to, uh-huh. you know, he's, he's kept in good shape. Uh, you know, they have a lot of time on their hands, and they usually have weights there for the guys. So he'd always look in good shape. He'd come in and win a few, lose a few, and then uh, work his last match and go out. And you know, that's uh, that's all interesting. What three states would that be? The tri-states is that? Uh, uh, Chicago, Wisconsin, Indiana. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, you think he was Texarkana doing, or something? Or. Yeah, yeah. He, he was doing a lot of promoting back in the '80s, early '90s, and then periodically now he will do a uh, wrestling radio show himself called Classic Professional Wrestling Radio, uh, and that's that's uh, from overseas. And. Uh, oh well. I'm sorry? That's interesting if it's from overseas. Yeah, yeah, because uh, long story short, he, he is now these days involved with uh, the Department of Defense, and he provides fire and other emergency services for the Department of Defense, so he is stationed in a lot of secure, remote areas, and uh, he was running a classic professional wrestling radio show on the Quake FM radio as well, Internet radio, and uh, just to still have some involvement with the pro wrestling business and stay in the loop, uh, you know, since he's not promoting really anymore, he, he at least wanted to do the radio and, you know, be involved with the guys and stuff in the business. And, Your uh, new president, uh, Donnie Boy, uh, you don't know where the world is going. It could be, you know, it could it could be a scenario for a nasty war and uh, nasty uh, sec- homeland security and all that stuff. You know, it could. there's all kinds of things that are in play that uh, maybe can be adjusted to peace, but you just never know. Uh, there's lots of, you know, business is business, as they say in politics. 
That's the dirtiest <laughs> game in town. Even dirtier than organized than commercial religion. You bet. <laughs> I always thought you could make big money maybe with a Catholic priest and a rabbi or something, but it gets too touchy, you know. So, you know, the Jewish Defense League would have you shut down, banned forever, or something before you could even let them win or something. You know, say, listen, we're going to put you guys over, and yeah, no, they wouldn't want to hear it. But anyway. So, so uh, when is your when, when is your you can ask him. Go ahead. What? Yeah. Okay, Mike. Uh, I was just gonna ask uh, Brent if he's like yeah. in full time training and wrestling both at the same time right now. Like uh, you're you're in training and uh, working matches and traveling around yeah, the town. I, I'm doing mixed martial arts fights for uh, Danger Zone MMA, which is promoted by Dan the Beast Severn. Then I'm also uh, doing various professional wrestling shows uh, throughout the country and uh, from time to time doing different appearances and, and promotional events and things of that nature. Uh, even outside of that, I got my hands full doing some self-defense seminars with security staff and law enforcement, things like that. So uh, myself as well, Dan Severn, have our hands in a bit of everything and, and staying busy and doing what we can to, to do what we uh you know, love to do yeah. for people, and it's entertain and protect people, and we're very good at it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, you got to do it while you can because uh, you never know when the age or uh, you know, malady will take over and you're, you're incapacitated and you can't do anything. You hardly get out of bed, let alone uh, entertain fans or wrestle or teach wrestling or anything. You, can, you know, life is fickle, and it takes its toll on you in lots of different ways. So I wish you the best. How big a boy are you, by the way? How big a boy am I? Yeah. Uh, right now, I am approximately about 200 pounds. Uh, I try to keep myself about 200, 210 or so. However, uh, as I prepare for my next MMA fight on Internet pay-per-view January 14th, I have to cut weight, and I will be dropping back down to 185 pounds. So, I do fluctuate yeah, yeah. between wrestling or fighting, but uh, I like to keep myself at least about 200 pounds. So, and I'm yeah. five nine, so five nine, 200 pounds, not too bad. Well, you're pretty <laughs> solid then at that the height and weight combo. I always try to keep yeah. my weight up, you know, because the bigger you are in wrestling, the better. But uh, now I have no choice. I mean, I I faded, and I don't. I think I weighed. Uh, I don't know. I I went from 240 down to 171 pounds uh, last year. And right now, I bet I'm about 185 or something. Not too heavy, but, uh, you know, none of my pants, none of my clothes fit me really like they used to. But it doesn't matter. I'm 68 years old. I'm not trying to make fashion statements. But uh, you you do the best you can for yourself. And I hope, uh, I hope, uh, you know, you start recovering and seeing yeah, better I'm really days. Yeah, not myself um, these days. I, I'm not conducting an interview I'd like to be conducting. I'm, I'm in mm-hmm. the constant uh, the grips of a, kind of a convulsive pain. It, it throbs. It it, gra- it it just doesn't let up. And uh, are you a big vitamin taker? Are you taking Are you taking any kind of daily vitamins? I'm taking, I'm taking I'm taking a lot of vitamins. I'm taking double doses of vitamins. I don't know if that's wise to double up on them, but I'm taking. All these uh, various ones that are the usual vitamins, you know, the vitamin uh-huh. E and B, 
B and C and E and all that stuff. And <laughs> yeah, just just don't overdo it, but uh, keep up with the vitamins and and uh, do yeah, I'm taking a lot of uh, turmeric in my food and uh, not eating too much sugar of any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, well hopefully, Mister Hart, you have hopefully, Mister Hart, you have some uh, some assistance getting around, and you could. Uh, any injury or anything like that, I know you have some problems uh, uh, getting around and stuff, and maybe some problems with your mobility. I, I would definitely try to uh, keep people around and help you out. You know, uh, you've done a lot. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah, I appreciate your wisdom. I actually don't have anybody really helping me on any consistent basis, but and I hope I don't really need anybody for a little while. You know, but. Uh, the other day, I, I just staggered and fell on top of my daughter, and you know, I, I, I caught myself by hitting, planting my palm on her head, and I didn't, I didn't knock her off her couch and didn't uh, hurt her or myself, but I just got dizzy, and, and it's probably from the pills. I'm taking three times as many pills as as they told me, and now they've quadrupled that uh, a different prescription. It's supposed to be four times as strong. And it's not doing me any good at all. And I went to see the doctor again today, the same doctor that gave me these pills. And he said, well, why don't you wait 24 hours? And then, you know, but he, he won't even be there tomorrow. He's only in there Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I wait 24 hours, and then I have to kind of do it all on my own. Like just call, you know, there's two different numbers. You can call 911 or 811. And one is, you know, ambulance. The other one's like nurses. that will give you some more advice and, you know, maybe tell you to, you know, have an enema and you know, who knows what they'll do. I, I don't even like going to the hospital. You go to the hospital and you sit there for six hours before they process you, and then uh, when they process you, they give you a smock and uh, wheel you to some corridor and leave you freezing in, in some dark corridor for about five hours and you yell, gasping, hello, hey, you don't have to yell. I'm saying, I'm not yelling. And, what do you want? And I said, I'm freezing here. I haven't seen anybody for four hours. Can you get me a blanket or something else? I don't like that, so I, I avoid the hospitals. But uh, whatever. It's, uh, I don't want to waste valuable uh, uh, entertainment, interview time, radio time. Just rehashing. Maybe home health care can be an option in the future if, if needed. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even God's an option. I don't know. I, I pray just to couch to, uh, what do they call it, hedge my bets. But uh you know, you might as well uh, know. You know, you might as well have faith. Doesn't cost you anything. But and I got, you know, I've been a fairly decent person all my life. and really fucked anybody over too much, you know, uh, intentionally. And you know, I hope I have a bit of karma to kind of fall back on. Like my old man always said, if you got, if you're a decent soul, you kind of, you know, you shouldn't have much to worry about. You know, you, know, you eat healthy. You know, you, you know, you can't be a chain smoker and a nice guy and a drug addict and alcoholic and shit and still expect to be healthy but if you're you know treat your body like a shrine or a temple like the bible says and you know respect others and respect yourself in health and mm-hmm. activity you shouldn't have any problems you shouldn't have enemies wanting to lay for you or wish you were dead or uh you know get get exact revenge out of you when you're not looking or you know so you know my dad would let a lot of things slide you know a lot of injustice toward him uh, just pass by say it's not worth fighting about uh, live longer just ignoring it and uh, this guy has to live with his conscience a prick you know so that's all I am you know but I'm I'm uh, 
you know, uh, every word is pinched here. Like my my whole torso is just is convulsing as yeah. I speak. Like it's, it's gripping yeah. me and letting go and gripping me. Uh, so yeah. I appreciate you guys. I, very I, have a, uh, I, I was gonna say I have a question for Brent actually. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, my question to you, Brent, is I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of wrestlers make the transition from wrestling to MMA. How hard is you know? And I know that a lot of wrestlers use this, this some of the holds. How hard is that though to make the transition? Is it is it hard? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, um, you know, you think because you're a professional wrestler that it would come easy, and some of it does. But but uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that that are very difficult. You know, there's a lot of strenuous drills. And, and stuff, and a, a lot of uh, different techniques and moves that uh, are foreign to me, you know, that I've never used in pro wrestling or in life in general, and, you know, but uh, I'm willing to learn, and that, that's what gets me through it, you know. Uh, I'm very coachable, and, you know, not to toot my own horn by any means, but uh, I am a very coachable uh, and, and eager to learn, and if if you're like that, uh, things will become a bit easier for you, you know, but uh, all in all, it, it's it's uh, it's a lot to to deal with, um, you know. Uh, but but if you want to be successful, you want to be a tell, you want to be an MMA fighter and, and things of that nature, then you have to you have to go through all the obstacles and 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 get through it all and and uh, be the best you can be. But uh, you don't really know how how it is until you give it a whirl. You you can't uh, you you can't really. Uh, uh, you know, it's not for everybody, is it? It's definitely not. Some people just don't have the physical capability, or or even, uh, you know, the any. You know, some people are just not in the least bit. Uh, no, no, we, you really have to be cut out for it. You know, the same thing with pro wrestling. Uh, with with me, some stuff did come easy as I was uh, doing some self defense training already outside of pro wrestling. So some stuff I I, I did know. I did a little taekwondo and aikido and things like that. So. There are, are some things I know, but I was never really a uh, boxer or kickboxer or Muay Thai expert or anything like that. And now I've I've gotten better at boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and, and all those things. And I never thought I would be good at any of them, you know. But good all-around strength and, and the conditioning is always good, too. Like, you're pretty damn strong in all your... Uh, limbs right from your fingers to your neck and all that and uh you're in good shape good wind good cardio uh you know and healthy basically you says you all smart uh diet man and all that uh that's all to your benefit obviously but i found that i can learn from even watching the worst card i've ever seen the worst match it'd be something to learn or not learn they don't do it that way you see what happened that guy on his ass and he's, he's never going to wrestle again or, or he almost dislocated the other guy's neck with that stupid ridiculous move that took five minutes to kind of maneuver into and all that. Uh, I think wrestlers should always watch uh, other matches so that they uh, don't repeat what's going on and uh, see the fans' reaction to certain stuff. You learn that the fans hate this and like that. And, you, you know, there's so many things like, you know, there used to be flying tackles and generally the guy... The stupid move, really, when you think about it, I got you in a headlock, and uh, you, uh, yeah, I got you in a headlock. You're going to throw me into the ropes knowing that I'm going to come off. The guy with the 
momentum from hitting the ropes, having that spring. You're going to knock the other guy over unless it's Andre the Giant doing it. So why even do it? Fans don't even quite get it. They don't look at it that way. You can only do that. Nobody's going to, outside of a few fans listening to this show, um, you know, it's basically, uh, you know, kind of of common sense. Why do that if it's going to knock you on your ass? But, um, but some stuff that, that, um, you know, you, you, so you can watch two two opening guys really dull, really green, and you can see something that you can point out to a fellow wrestler or a student and say, see what they just did now that way, you know, and see how he fell or you see how he didn't fall or this guy got up or how they both have to kind of help each other up and stuff. You can always point out something and learn something. And I think uh, filming all the matches that you're training in in the gym helps so you can rewind it and say, look, uh, that's that's what I was talking about right there. That's where you should have held on, not let go. That's why he fell out your knees or he tripped or he didn't hang on long enough. You know, he can't go over you when you let go of him type stuff, you know. Uh, but anyway, I'm sure you do that. It's just sort of, it's common sense to kind of watch wrestling on the events, uh, on the shows that you're attending, not be sitting in the dressing room, uh, um, you know, playing cards or bullshitting each other, you know, or out hustling girls, watch the show. Uh, if you're not interested in it, why should the wrestling fans be interested in it? You know, it should be exactly. of interest to you, you know. Exactly. And uh, I, I hope to meet you one of these days, Brent, and I, I certainly uh, wish you, you're in Absolutely. good hands. And uh, I, I wish you a good, long, healthy, successful career. And uh, I uh, don't know what else. We, Mike might have lots of questions to talk about, but, I'm, I'm I don't know if I have lots of questions because we, you know, well, I've been hogging the show here. Even, you know, no, you haven't been hogging it. This is your show. This is uh, this is yeah, your show. Day, funny, it. some old guy here is. Uh, this guy's here coming and going all the time. This is a seniors' home, and they probably average about one one a week. or somebody dying here. There's a huge building behind me, and then there's a smaller <laughs> one here, and we share a parking lot in the park. But I got on and I pushed the wrong button or I'm waiting for the elevator to move and it's not moving and I, anyway I told this old guy I said I don't know I must have senility or dementia or uh, Alzheimer's because I and he says it's dementia you got dementia I'm like fuck you you're not a doctor I didn't really ask you I'm just sort of making a friendly statement here but then I realized I hadn't even pushed the button but he had it all summed up it's like maybe he's got the other mm-hmm. two and he, you know, but anyway it's just sort of funny he quickly zeroed in on that like, and he's mm-hmm. serious Thought he was telling me something I needed to know or didn't know. Oh God! But yeah, this is nasty. This thing. I take a deep breath and it just grabs. It it grips me to the point where I got to stop taking my deep breath. It just shuts. It just uh, I I can't do it. Uh, you know, and I'm lying uh-huh. down on a soft couch. I was on my hard bed uh-huh. minutes ago. But anyway, I got lots and lots of respect for Dan Severn and uh, lots of love for him and his family. And uh, yeah, uh, like what uh, you know. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, uh, I guess you. I'll hang in here until we finish yeah. the show off. Uh, and yeah, if you I, need uh, anything, if you come to Calgary or sometime, you know, uh, you know, I can even put you up here. I got a, I got a, you know, like I say, I got a couch. I mean, I'm bachelor pad, but I got it sort of all tweaked out nice. here. I got a bookshelf sort of making my bedroom into a private. It's, it's a fucking thing I made in grade eight for my parents, and it's still holding up. It's, Got about I appreciate years old, and it kind of divides the whole room up. Where I, I can't see my bedroom from the couch, and I can't see the rest of the room from my uh-huh. bedroom. But uh, you know, if you're ever here and you want a place to stay for free, Brent, uh, 
be more than happy to have you here. If you bring your dad, maybe I'll give you the bed. But it's a big, it's a big bed, and you know, I'll take the couch. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm still not even getting my old age security, and I'm fighting for it. As I told you guys earlier, I turned 68 uh, yesterday, and uh, I've been more than eligible for it for three years. And when you do get it, it's only 11 months retroactive. And meanwhile, I'm on provincial uh, welfare, and I got to pay 100% of that back. And uh, for three years, they've been trying to get me uh, my old, old age security, which would triple my income. They'd jack up all the rent and stuff, of course. So you're not really getting that much more. But I'm living on nothing these days. I'm 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 a good shopper and stuff. So I eat like a gourmet. But basically, I'm I've got a nickel at the end of the month left after I bought a bit of food and stuff. It's ridiculous, and I'm really pissed off that they're fucking me over like this, uh, federal shame. government of Canada. But uh, you know, it's uh, you know, and then when they, you know, these laxatives they prescribe for me, most of them I got to pay for 100%. All the medication. In fact, I didn't even open this one bottle, and it was still in the bag, stapled and all that. They wouldn't give me a refund on it. They, you know, but I pay one third, and uh, Blue Cross pays the other two thirds. But I tell you, I, I said, well, throw it in your pill pit, you assholes. Guy, fucking, you know, like just a, you know, like I, I don't expect them to be selling, re, you know, some tampered product back to somebody, but you know, whatever. He knows my, he, I, I'm living down where B.J. Anus, my Ted, Ted Anus, his father used to have his gym about a, three blocks from here. I'm right on the same street, and uh, oh. this guy, this pharmacist, knows my family very well. He knew Matthew, that my my nephew that died of the flesh eating disease. Ted's younger brother. Oh. And he knew Ted and his sister and, and my both my you know Georgia and BJ and James their 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 houseboy that took care of the gym he died recently of liver cancer poor guy. Mm, that's terrible. Nice, nice, hey, uh, nice you guy, know, but, hey Brent, hey, Brent, I was gonna, my, yeah. I wanted to just tell Brent something. Brent, uh, as as uh, I, I just wanted two things. I wanted to thank you for being a part of the show tonight, and I also sure. want to invite you. Uh, you know, I'll set it up with you, and you can come on my show. I have a show, Pro Wrestling Now with uh, Mike Ferrara, and you can come on my show, and I can ask you all the questions I want on my show. Yeah, yeah, it'd be, be great. You know, uh, but uh, you know, but, but you know, Smith Smith's been bringing up some good some good points, and Smith has a lot of yeah, wisdom. That's a bad one. Yeah. Well, yeah, have you been in much uh, tag matching? Have you been in many tag matches, uh, Brent? Uh, I've been in a few. Uh, I'm more of a singles professional wrestler, but uh, I have been in a few uh, here and there. Uh, I actually did a tag team match with Cowboy Bob Orton. Him and I worked a... Uh, you can hardly have a bad match with him. I'm he sorry? My favorites. I said you can hardly have a bad match with him as a partner or a an opponent. He's he's a true professional second oh, right, generation. Right. You know, they're yes. just a lost art. Uh they 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 picked it up a little here and there, uh WWE, but they never you know they, they there was times when Jerry Graham and uh, Eddie Graham were the top dogs in New York, uh selling out Madison Square Garden every two weeks. Uh, uh you know, breaking records and stuff. And, uh, you know, Eddie wasn't a very big guy, and Jerry was just a big blimp, basically, but he was a hell of a talker. And I like Jerry. He's one of the best heels of all time. And uh, it's a real lost art. 
which where you know the baby face kind of does uh, comes in at just a perfect time to, to to get the referee going really nuts and pushing him back while, while hell breaks loose in the two heels beating the shit out of his partner. And they do that right. No, don't overdo it. And uh, you know they don't see any. Uh, you know, sometimes you know you, you got to let the referee go. Like okay, turn around. You know, like he's a step back. Like he's you're obeying the referee now. When the damage is done, you see his heels are released the choke rope around his neck. And they've uh, set him up for a false, for a you know pin or a false pin, something like that. There's real art to that where it's done without putting too much heat on the ref. You know. You can't make the ref look like a total idiot. You know, it takes all four guys, all five guys, including the ref, to do it right. And, uh, it, it really is a lost art. The old original kangaroos, Roy Heffernan and uh, Al Costello, they they did it really well. And uh, well, they, that was developed in Australia. It used to be called Australian tag team. Oh. Uh, you know, so it's, it's another uh, but, thing. You know, but, it's not so much an uh, MMA, but. Yeah. Yeah, Go I was going to ask Brent, do you have any uh, social media that you like to uh, that you would like to give out to the fans? Yes, I have a few pages. One of them under the ballistic Brent Myers, another under my legal name slash professional name under Brent Brooks slash ballistic Brent Myers, and I do post a lot of uh, events that I'm involved with, whether mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, and or self defense seminars. Uh, appearances, uh, stuff like that. Uh, I got a lot of stuff going on, so check it out. Uh, I recently just came back from Las Vegas after doing a special appearance at a fitness center called Dance for Energy. So uh, always something going on, uh, so check it out, if you will, and uh, you never know what you might come across. Yeah, well, I want to I thank you for uh, for giving us your time tonight. And, uh, Smith, do you have some closing words for uh, Brent? Well, good luck in your career, Brent. You're in good hands, and uh, I hope I see you one of these days uh, performing, uh, you know, here or there. And uh, you know, uh, I expect good things out of you. You, you, uh, you know, you sound like you're dedicated and you're in uh, good hands right now. So make the most of it, and uh, you know, you'll you'll come out ahead. And you know, it may not be the top dog of all time. Might not nobody's going to be another Hulk Hogan, although somebody will top him in some other way. But you know, just uh, you're you're on the right track, and uh, thank you. you know, just stay safe, keep don't get injured. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. better to exercise caution and than uh, be uh, stupid and go out there and get uh, four more concussions when you already had a bad one or something. Like you know, just mm-hmm. uh, yourself is what counts. You're your own. Uh, you know, and you're you're talking a rough tough, serious business uh, uh, sport, and uh, pro wrestling is way tougher than people think, but uh, yeah, MMA is, uh, you know, the ultimate, as they say, so, you know, I wouldn't want to do it, and I wouldn't even want my kids doing it, I might send them down for some stuff like that, but uh, basically, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard, it's, you know, even the training can be uh, damaging to yourself, you know, uh, it's uh, it is a lot of striking and stuff, and you know it's hard to control a kick. Realize, yeah, yeah, it's pro wrestling. You might want to control a kick, but you know in the MMA, you're trying to get that kick out as hard as you can, fast as you can, as often as you can. So whatever, you know, you got to spot someone that can catch your foot and knock you on your ass and take over. You know, uh, it's a lot of a lot of wrestlers hope that the guy's maybe going to kick him and they can grab that leg and 
suspenders around his neck and squashing him, you know, maybe give him a couple of good elbows in the head while they submit him or something, but, you know, whatever. It's, it's uh, you know, it is what it is, and uh, I wish you all the best in it, and, uh, you know, God bless you and your dad and uh, Dan Severn. Well, thank you, and, and I appreciate you yourself, As usual. <laughs> now, God bless you too, Mike. You're a good guy. Yeah, you, know, you make all this possible. And uh, Mike has assured me there'll be rich uh, dividends, royalties coming out of my ass down the road from all this. So I have faith in him. Uh, so maybe we'll get some big sponsors in the new year, eh, Mike? What happens to uh, his way crap. I said maybe we, as in you, will get some nice lucrative sponsors maybe in the new year for our endeavors here. Yeah, I mean, uh, Totally Driven Radio Entertainment is always looking, uh, you know, if yeah. you guys are, if anybody out there is looking to do commercials or sponsors, we are always looking for it here at Totally Driven Radio Entertainment. Just go to, uh, go to, go to totally. hold on, let's see, that's, uh, Hold on one second. Yes, yes, go on. I'll just reiterate or iterate here that uh, my doctors, one of them, told me uh, humor is good, and, you know, and uh, relieve stress and all that. And I said, well, I listen to some of these uh, humor uh, radio AM stations. You know, that's good. That's, that's, and, uh, but so some of those guys are, you go on and on and on. You've heard about 15 different guys come on with a little excerpt, and none of them was funny, you know. So, I mean, uh, maybe uh, even though my humor is crude, uh, most of it's based on truth and maybe on personal experience and philosophy. But, you know, uh, I can, uh, you know, uh, spike it up or spike it down, tone it down, depending on sponsors, if there was any sponsors out there that could write off money for you and me to make a little dignity, a little living out of a little, uh, you know, bad money for our time. I'm happy to do it anyway, but, you know, if I'm dying, it's like uh, borrowed time, you know what I mean? So, anyway. When is your exact next big match, uh, uh, Brent? I I, I sort of forgot. I think it was announced already. You Uh, mentioned it, but Right, right now we're looking at uh, January 21st. I'll be wrestling in Chicago Heights, Illinois, at the UAW wow, Hall. Funny, uh, the guy I interviewed before you, he's got a big match on the 21st of January here in Calgary. He just won two titles in the okay. uh, RCW. Yeah, Scott, uh, uh, Scott, Scott Justin. Oh, by the way, I'm back, by the way. TotallyDrivenTV.com. That's the website. So if anybody wants to you know, do sponsors or... Commercials, we we have uh, great great rates. Uh, just drop a Bay Ragney a line. Yeah, Scott uh, Scott uh, Justice is a good guy, and uh, yeah, he's he's really good. So anyway, Brent, uh, so that's what you got coming up. Just keep on wrestling, keep on you know training, and do your best. And good luck with your uh, with your stuff with the danger zone. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on. Take care of yourself and be safe. Smith, I'll be in touch. Mike, I'll be in touch. Oh, uh, you got it, my brother. You got it. Thank you. And uh, 
and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, wow, that uh, that was interesting. I don't know what happened to my uh, I don't know what happened to my phone or something. All of a sudden, I was trying to get back to the I was getting given the website and then I couldn't hear anything. Weird. Oh really? I don't know. And by the way, you're not you're not hogging the show. For anybody that's listening, this is the Heart Grapevine episode number twenty five with the legendary Smith Hart. You know, yeah, it was almost like some, a double main event today. We got two great uh, interviewers, uh, you know, three actually. Yeah, now, we got two for Dan the price of one, Dan actually. Dan, yeah, Dan that was a, the legend of his own. And uh, the other two boys are aspiring champions. In fact, uh, you know, and that's what you champion. told me on Sunday. You said you wanted to talk to Scott because it was fresh and you wanted to talk to him about the thing. And then Brent, yeah. you know, was set up by Bob Johnson. I, I want to thank Bob Johnson. If he's listening, that'd be great. Bob Johnson, I want to thank him for setting this up. He's got a couple um, other guests that he's going to be sending my way. But Brent, uh, you know, you know, Brent, uh, Brent's a nice, Brent's a nice guy, and I'm glad you also got to speak to Dan, the B Severn, and I'm glad I got to ask him my question. Uh, you know, because he he shared some stories that he got to speak to your dad, and. Uh, I'm sure it was a yeah. uh, a nice ex, uh, a nice experience um, for Dan. Yeah. You know, Dan was always a nice yeah. guy. They called him the B Severn. Also, I checked on something else for you too. Um, Killer yeah. Brooks is still alive, by the way. Oh, good, good. They still in Texas. It says he's still alive. Um, it says uh, what he called. He said that he, it says that he retired in 1997. Um, the other thing I want to tell you was that that people probably don't know this, but you know this. The the very first title that Dan the B Seven won was when he won the NWA title again, and he beat Chris Candido. Oh really? Yeah, that that was his. I think that was his introduction into into uh, into wrestling. I remember when he he. Yeah, in 1995, um, Severin is an accomplished uh, professional wrestler. Having wor- he, he worked for UWF International in Japan, and then he worked for the National Wrestling Alliance, and then, of course, the WWE, we know it as the E, the F, whatever. Anyway, yeah. he, entered the, he entered the National Wrestling Alliance uh, in 1995, and he defeated Chris Candido for his first NWA Heavyweight Championship on a Smoky Mountain wrestling card. Who did Chris Candido uh, beat? Well, he had some great. Know. He had some great. He had some great uh, matches. He actually wrestled Owen a couple of times too. He had some great wrestling but, matches against your brother Owen. Yeah. What did, did Owen? Um, how did Owen feel? How did Owen feel about Dan? As far as I know, he thought Dan was great. I don't have any other knowledge. All right. So on on that note, on that note, Smith, like you said, we had a double main event tonight. We had Scott yeah. Justice from uh, from Real Canadian Wrestling, and also um, also I believe uh, Premier. I forget how that went, but anyway, I can't find it. I had everything in front of me. Um, but it was great. It was great talking to uh, 
talking to these guys, especially Brent Brooks, because he's got, you know, like you said, he's got the knowledge now from, the, you know, from the beast, being the beast Severn. So, you know, it, it, it's a, uh, it's like learning how to cook and having a world, you know, greatest chef teach you how yeah. to, uh, you know, also it's like maybe Billy Corgan, you know, teaching someone how to sing a song or something. Exactly, yeah. You know, so that's a, that's a good thing. So, so you know, so now your next, the next, uh, the next time I'll be talking to you is Thursday, six o'clock my time, four o'clock your time, and you'll be on my show, which is cool. And uh, maybe yeah. I'll let you hog my, <laughs> maybe I'll let you hog my show. That'd be pretty cool. It's an, it's an honor okay. uh, and a privilege to work to work with you. I'm excited and I'm happy that that um, you know that Bay Ragney you know, put us together. And I'm also excited that Bay Ragney decided to take a chance on me and then he brought you in. And uh, I'm going to be here a year coming up. And uh, I love Totally Driven Radio Network. I love the network. I love the people. And you're right. You know what? Maybe we'll get sponsors. Maybe we'll, you know, you never know. Maybe we'll get some more big big guests. I mean, uh you know, you never know. So tune in, guys, and stay tuned. Hey, this is your was your twenty fifth show tonight. Yeah, some of these guys I listen to on the radio aren't funny at all, and a lot of them are repeats, and a lot of them is old shit from way back when. Guys that are long been dead uh, for twenty years, right. years, but like any young men or stuff, they just throw this in that in. But uh, um, Amy Schumer is playing the Saddle Dome tonight. Which, uh, oh, I love Amy Schumer. You know, you know that's a twenty thousand seat venue. I mean, oh uh, yeah, and then they'll sell seats on the ice too. I mean, uh, they could put it more. I don't think you're going to need that many uh, seats. I, mean, I don't Ooh. think you're going to sell out. But uh, there, is, there is money and uh, humor, and a lot of what I say is humorous. And I didn't even yes, really open the, uh, the humor ball. Yes, and I, I was going to say thank you for the compliment as well. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay, Mike. Uh, say, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty witty myself and pretty funny. So I've been told by myself, by the way. But anyway, uh, I want to thank yeah. you for. T- I was gonna say I want to thank you for the fun tonight. And Amy, Amy Schumer is one of my favorite comedians. I love Amy. Yeah. I think she's great. Yeah. I, I think, and she I think is, you're yeah. right. Um, there's a lot of humor, humor, um, in, in and it ties into. Wrestling, which we could yeah, probably talk wait about to get on discovered, the uh, make a movie like Adam Sandler or uh, uh, do a TV series like Seinfeld or uh, yeah, a lot of these there's tons of guys who've got in through uh, you know through their uh, you know uh, Robin Williams and all these guys started yep. out as comedians and, look at, and they look, at Drew, look at Drew look at Drew Carey Drew Carey's in the right. WWE Hall of Fame because of the, uh, uh, because of an appearance that he did. Um, at a Royal Rumble, and also Triple H was on his show at one time, the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the Drew Carey show. But tonight we are going to end the show like this. This is the Heartbreak by number 25. Smith, a pleasure. I enjoy working with you, listening to your stories, listening to your humor. Uh, although I have to go, go, I have to go tonight and get that, that uh, crossroads panty vision out of my out of my head. Maybe I can get it away from my memory from with uh okay. with May Young. But uh I yeah. will be talking to you on Thursday 
do me a favor. Keep on fighting, please. I will. Yeah, I will. Thank you. You will? Okay, good. Night, good. All right, well, have a nice night, and uh, I hope everything, you know, is going good. And my, like I always say, regards to the uh, family. So you ready to say your adios to the people out there in Radio Land? Yeah, adios, everybody. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And I'll talk to you soon, Smith. Thanks. All right, well, that was the heart grapevine. Right now, folks, we are going to we are gonna take our second commercial, and then we are out of here. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com to keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Hey, everybody. This is Nick Wilkinson with TV Nation and Totally Driven Radio and Entertainment. Sadly, each year, approximately 3.6 million children become victims of child abuse. My latest ebook, Child Abuse, The Ripple Effect, explores the long-lasting effects abuse can have on victims. Explore life after the abuse ends and how we cope with the tragedies of the past. Child Abuse, The Ripple Effect is available on Kindle for only 99 cents. And don't forget to check out my website, actingnotreacting.com, a common sense approach to teens in crisis. Let's work together and make this world a better place. And remember, stay driven. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from Holmes. Are you looking for a mortgage for that new home? Do you want to refinance to a lower rate, obtain cash out, or consolidation? If so, call Anthony Muscarella of Advisors Mortgage Group. Advisors Mortgage Group is a mortgage banker and loan our own money to First Lien Mortgage Loans. We have built a platform for a seamless and stress-free mortgage process, which remains our number one goal for all of our customers. We understand that success cannot be obtained without teamwork and communication, two of our most important strengths. If you're looking to apply for a loan or simply have some questions, please don't hesitate to give Anthony Muscarella a call at 732-749-3333, extension 12, who, by the way, has been recognized by Mortgage Executive Magazine as being one of the top 1% of originators in America. That number again, call Anthony Muscarella at 732-749-3333, extension 12, where we tailor our loans to meet your needs. Advisors Mortgage Group is an equal housing opportunity lender licensed by the New Jersey Department of Banking and Insurance, branch NMLS number 173453, loan officer NMLS number 111400. All right, and that's going to wrap it up uh, for tonight. I want to thank everybody involved with the show, Bay Ragney, Jeff Ragney. I want to thank... Um, Smith Hart for giving us his time. I want to thank Scott Justice and, of course, Brent Brooks and, of course, the great 
stand the feet severed for giving his time tonight. This is a great and it's a very important podcast, especially for Smith Hart because he has so many memories about his family and about everything. And of, and of course, you know, the cancer, you know, is, is hurting him and cancer's a, a bitch. So uh, let's hope that everything gets better for Smith. And uh, I want to thank everybody. And we'll be back next week with another Hard Grapevine. And don't forget that Pro Wrestling Now with Mike Ferrara will be returning Thursday. At, uh, and I will be having Mr. Grimm and, uh, of course, my special guest surprise for Mr. Grimm. But stay tuned, folks. And uh, I want to thank you again. So long, farewell, and good night.